Happy Thursday. Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining me for Coffee and Toe World News on the Go. Coming up, we're going to have the headlines, let you know what we're going to be talking about today. And I'm going to be the boss of it. Just watch me do this, put no limits, only swag on it. Walk right up to the front where I belong and brag on it. Go to the top, I'm a Getting ready for the weekend. It's almost here. Hope you're having a good week so far. Hope your day's off to a good start. Bright 74 degrees here in Miami, Florida. Hope the weather is beautiful wherever you are. Getting us ready to face the day. All the things that he brought me through. My stormy days and my rainy days. You don't gotta look back and give him thanks. A heart of gratitude. Gotta have the right attitude. Trying 
my best to be strong Waiting on God and holding on Got time for one more in our praise and worship segment. Here is Evie McKinney with Just Like God. Here we go, and 
a quarter past the top of the hour time for us to let you know what we're going to be talking about today stories from around the world and i'ma let this one play out a couple more seconds And that one closes out our praise and worship segment. Time for us to go ahead and get started. to all our listeners around the world everyone listening on the quality music zone qmzradio.com and janoradio.com and of course i gotta say good morning to my studio audience courtesy of clubhouse it is thursday may 11 hashtag tbt throwback thursday today we're playing songs um, from the 80s 90s and early 2000s thank you so much for joining me for coffee in tow world news on the go we do this every monday through friday 9 a.m to 1 p.m eastern it is where i read the news and we share our views and here's what we have coming up for you today in the Caribbean corner. BVI boat chase ends in drug seizure. My folks on Clubhouse, let me know if you're hearing an echoing because I'm hearing myself. Yeah, let me know, please. BVI boat chase ends in drug seizure out of St. Lucia. People do not eat jazz. Opposition criticizes $8 million spent. And the Prime Minister responds to that. In St. Kitts and Nevis, fatal fall at a hotel is under investigation. In St. Vincent Town, the Grenadines airport service charge amended. Out of Guyana, a teacher goes viral in school class video. Out of the University of the West Indies, gender policy role is brewing. 
Stores out of Jamaica. CHTA Travel Marketplace to be held in Jamaica in 2024. Savagery. A 7-year-old kidnapped, beaten, and raped in St. Mary. Finance Minister Opposition Spokesman spar over minimum wage payments. High-level police investigation investigation on the way into pavilion jewelers heist man with toy gun shot and killed by beryllium security guard popcorn and grace jones featured on gorilla's gold certified album and stories out of latin america a jamaican missing in mexico found dead on street but was unidentified and latin america fueling resurgence in caribbean tourism on the international scene, DR Congo in discussions with Uganda over use of crude pipeline. And Finnish Prime Minister to divorce as she prepares to leave office. In stories out of North America, a man spent 29 years in prison for a rape he did not commit. And here's the kicker. The survivor just helped free him. Former police officer admits to felony assault on black man after George Floyd murder. Florida rejects some social studies textbooks and pushes publishers to change others. And yes, folks, Florida enjoys being at the front. <laughs> we love being in the headlines. The moments from Trump's CNN town hall you don't want to miss. We have eight takeaways from that town hall in New Hampshire. And uh, George Santos speaks outside of courthouse after pleading not guilty. In business and tech news, Google is giving its dominant search engine an artificial intelligence makeover. In health and science news, first babies born in Britain using DNA from three people. When is too much too much? Sleep apnea, lack of deep sleep linked to damage in brain, a study says. Um, in Believe It or Not news, I, we didn't get to cover this one yesterday. Definitely hope we get to talk about it today. The Republican lawmaker who advocated to ban kids from drag shows. Yeah, resigns following sexual relationship with a teenage aide. We're going to have the details of these stories and more. <laughs> After a little more music, well, yeah, music to take us up to the bottom of the hour. And it is hashtag TBT throwback Thursday music in retrospect, reggae style. Here is Ed Robinson, knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. Oh, well. Some singing melody, Morgan Heritage, Everton Blender, and Sanchez. Keep it locked. Said I gotta put my guns to the ground, yeah. I can't shoot. 
Taking it nice and easy as we cruise into the weekend. after the top of the hour you got five minutes to get there if you need to be there at the bottom please be safe
If you know this one Rock out with him. Did she get it? Don't ask me. I don't know. I'll find the right words to say to get her into my world. God knows I'm serious. I'm not joking. I know you're saying I'm crazy. Telling your friends I'm a clown. I really like what I'm seeing. So I won't let down. On the table I lay down my cards I'm making all the preparations To send my arrow to your heart I'll find the right words to say To get you into my world God knows I'm serious and not joking But it was a flex she would lie but she said, let's find a disco where we can jam all night. We found a place so nice and cozy. 
I know it is the bottom of the hour, but I can't cut this one. time for us to go ahead and get started two minutes past the time <laughs> thank you sanchez All right, got to give a big thank you once again to everyone listening online, the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com, and everyone listening on JanoRadio.com, and of course, everyone right here with me on Clubhouse. After all, this is where the conversation happens, and we are kicking it off in the Caribbean corner. First up, BVI boat chase ends in a drug seizure. Uh, story courtesy of caribbean.loopnews.com. Okie dokie, and bear with me while it loads. All right, here we go. So two persons have been taken into custody and a quantity of drugs following a joint operation at sea, which culminated with a boat chase at Long Bay Beef Island BVI on Tuesday morning. The joint operation included U.S. federal agents and the Royal Virgin Islands Police Force, RVIPF, officers, involving both air and marine access from both agencies. A significant amount of what is believed to be cocaine was seized in the operation, along with a speedboat. Two persons are now in custody, and investigations are still active. In our next story... Out of St. Lucia, people don't eat jazz. Opposition criticizes $8 million spend and the Prime Minister responds. Story courtesy of stlucia.loopnews.com. Oh boy, let's get into this one. The opposition United Workers Party, UWP, is heavily criticizing the Philip J. Pierre government for spending $8 million on the return of the St. Lucia Jazz and Arts Festival. 
During the budget debate, both Prime Minister Philip J. Pierre and Minister for Tourism and Creative Industries, Dr. Ernest Hilaire, explained that the $8 million for the festival would cover payment for artists, infrastructure, supporting community jazz events, and the entire marketing of the festival. The SLP government's decision to uh, spend $8 million on a jazz festival has sparked widespread criticism with many questioning why this money isn't being used to help citizens who are struggling due to inflation. The statement continued, while the festival may provide some entertainment value, it's difficult to justify spending such a significant amount of money on a non-essential event when there are pressing needs within the country that require immediate attention. The opposition says one of the most significant issues facing citizens today is inflation. Prices for everyday goods and services are skyrocketing, and many people are struggling to make ends meet. Instead of addressing this problem directly, the government has chosen to divert funds to a jazz festival that, while it may be enjoyable for some, does nothing to address the underlying issues that are causing hardship for so many. Furthermore, the decision to spend such a large amount of money on a single event raises questions about the government's priorities. If the government can find $8 million for a jazz festival, why can't it find funds to address the many urgent needs facing its citizens? For example, many people are struggling to pay for health care, education, and basic necessities like food and housing. These are fundamental needs that should take priority over a luxury event. That's according to the opposition. Meanwhile, Prime Minister uh, Pierre has defended his administration's decision to bring back the multi-genre St. Lucia Jazz and Arts Festival, which was repackaged under the St. Lucia Soleil Summer Festival Series under the Alan Chastanet administration, emphasizing mostly jazz music. St. Lucia Jazz had not been held since being canceled in 2020 due to COVID-19. Hmm. Uh, while I do understand the concerns, I also want to look at it as an opportunity to bring in more revenue, which can then be allocated to the said concerns. Healthcare, education, and basic necessities like food and housing. Some, you know the saying, you got to spend money to make money, no matter what they say. It takes money to make money. That's the truth, right? Takes money to make money. So I'm looking at it as an, an investment that is going to yield great return because there's going to be um, different tributaries stemming from this. Okay, so let, let me tell you what I'm thinking off the top of my head. Tourism. And with tourism alone, with visitors coming to the island for the jazz festival, you're talking about um, people at different levels within the tourism sector who are going to earn from it. You're looking at food, people who um, are in farming, let's say chickens, they're going to benefit. Vendors, restaurants, I, I think it's going to be an all around good when you talk about the, economic, um, the economics of it, people being able to earn from it. Um, also, it may be another way to open up St. Lucia to the world some more. So people will, you know, 
click on St. Lucia and see what's going on. Let me book a trip to St. Lucia. Go right ahead. I know someone's mic is open. Oh. Yeah, morning, morning, everyone. Okay. Sorry. I think it's a, a misstep politically mm-hmm. because once you present budgets like that, especially if you're using public funds, you have to show why you use it and how it will generate more like revenue and stuff. I can't see, well, maybe, but more than likely the, the festival overall would not be a loss, especially after not having it for such a long time. So what the government should have done is said, okay, we're going to spend this, but they said the anticipated product projected benefits to be derived, and you sort of break it down, give some ball patch figures to show how doing that will be beneficial. Additionally, what they could have done was to use the same opportunity to say, okay, uh, funds generated from, even if you just you take one particular event would go towards healthcare, like opening a, a medical center, doing something that people can see that will be tangibly benefit. Or you could, you could look at probably, as you say, targeting some school meals program to ease the pressure on, on parents and so on. Mm-hmm. So uh, when you just say you're taking $8 million to, to put towards a festival, I, mean, like, I think you're just handing the opposition a loaded gun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because there has to be a lot to be derived. The hotels, the work, the taxis, the vendors, the everything. And it's a big, it was a, a popular festival. They're talking about the, 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 the foreign exchange revenue is coming in. So I just think they sell it really bad. So they should have repackaged... Um done a better marketing plan to present to the the government, the opposition. I agree. I agree. Go to right the people, ahead. To the people. To the people. Okay. All right. So, so for me, what Donald says is correct. And prior to the pandemic, they would have a jazz festival every year. So they already have the numbers that they can show the trend mm-hmm. in how much they spent prior and how much they made afterwards. For me, I would have liked to see those numbers before mm-hmm. you sit now and say, we're going to spend $8 million to get it back here. Because, I mean, that festival has been around. That was one of the things on my bucket list that I've always wanted to get to. I've been to St. Lucia, um, not during the Jazz Fest, though, and it's a beautiful place. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful place. But like Donald said, they could have packaged it better. Right. So great concept, great idea. It's a great thing to do because, of course, the island is going to benefit. But they should have, as you pointed out, Javet, run with the numbers, present the numbers, present all the facts so that we can present it as being beneficial all around. That way they would have the opposition and the citizens on board fully. And then we can also say we don't even know if they really did do that to people unbeknownst to what they posted. Right. All right. So I hope they will take that as a learning experience, a a lesson, and as to how to move forward. All right. Definitely hope so. Um, Yeah. Valid point. Valid points, I should say, Donald and Javet. So I hope, and I hope other islands who are grappling with the same concerns will, you know, reconsider how they present their um, reintroduction of festivals, whatever it is, 
and showing the benefits of it. Yeah, good, great points, but definitely. Is, if mm -hmm. I should quickly come in here, it's not just about um, how we present it, right? I think these are stuff that is necessary so that we could see if we're undertaking an, an, an adventure, how profitable, how beneficial, where it's beneficial. And there, there will be cases where you put on something and say, you know what, this doesn't make sense economically, nor does it make a big impact. So we could scrap that and try something different. I think it's time that we look through at our sectors and our economies in the Caribbean especially, and do better evaluation and postmortems on these events and all this stuff we do to see how we could better utilize our resources. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Donald and Javet. Next up, uh, St. Kitts and Nevis fatal fall at hotel under investigation. The story is courtesy of Caribbean.loopnews.com. A tourist is dead after reportedly falling from the fifth floor of a local hotel on the Caribbean island of St. Kitts and Nevis. The Royal St. Christopher and Nevis Police Force is investigating the circumstances that led to the overseas visitor's untimely demise. The unfortunate incident occurred around 8 p.m. on Tuesday. According to a police report, Emergency Services EMS received a call for assistance for Gary Welsh, an elderly Caucasian man who had fallen to the hotel's ground floor. Welsh, who arrived earlier that day on vacation with his family, lost his balance while at a bar on the hotel's fifth floor. Both EMS and the RSCNPF, that's their police force, are responded to the scene and Welsh was promptly transported to the Joseph N. Franz General Hospital for treatment via ambulance. He succumbed to his injuries en route to the hospital. The police expresses sincere condolences to Welsh's family and all those impacted by his sudden passing. The incident is currently being investigated. Sound like he had too much to drink to me, but um, yeah, that's truly unfortunate. Next story, airport service charge amended in St. Vincent and the Grenadines. You know, hold on, let me go back one second. They didn't put a picture of the hotel, but, but they're saying that it's a rooftop, well, falling from the fifth floor, um, the bar. I wonder what the railing and the protection was like. Is it, was it that low that it would be easy for you to topple over? Hmm. Yeah. So while at a bar, Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Rosolo. How are you this morning, everyone? I hope. Where are you? Where's Rosolo? I'm, I'm, okay. I'm in a goulash. I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay. <laughs> um, I was going to comment because I went recently went to a rooftop in Atlanta, uh -huh. and I was shocked that the railing was so low. They had the glass um, railing, and it was like you know waist high. I'm five seven. It was waist high. So, and we could look over, we can see everyone. And I was concerned because I was like, this is a bar. If people get too drunk, you know, somebody stumbles or someone's trying to take a picture and they're leaning against the glass and something happens, um, you know, there could be an accident. Yeah. So, so all, you know, I just think when it comes to a rooftop bar, any bar that has a, of a certain height um, certain, or a certain floor, that they need to be more cautious about the people that are going to be there because people are going to drink. It's a bar and mm -hmm. people are going to get drunk. And sometimes people lose um, balance and, <laughs> you know, they have to be careful. So, yeah, I, I don't think that they are thinking about 
the patrons, they think about the ambiance mm-hmm. and forget that they have to think about the safety of their customers and their patrons. So, yeah. Thank you. For sh- th- thank you for sharing that. Thank you. But, Go ahead, Javet. Sorry. And I'm sorry before, I don't know if I said good morning, but good morning, everybody. <laughs> good morning, Javet. I don't remember you, either. You also got to understand that it's a rooftop, so they don't want an obstructed view. So you right. got to think about that as well. Right. So we have a couple of ideas then. Right. Okay. So, you know, where the railing is, let us extend the eave. I think it's that's what it's referred to, the eave. Let's make it wider so that if anyone should topple over, at least they, they would drop or fall on that part. Um, that's one idea. Another one would be possibly having a gap between the railing. You know, probably put some, what you call it, foliage, plants, something there. Um, and use that as a barrier, and that would not um, obstruct the view. Give you, give like say a three foot wide um, bed that you could put plants or something in. Or I'm just trying to see how you could break someone's fall and prevent them from falling over the edge. You know, just some suggestions. I don't know. great suggestions yeah thank you i'm trying to see what else they could do but i think in terms of because you've made a valid point everybody goes up high for the view right so that would make sense yeah so less um square footage to dance and party but it pays off in the long run because you you will not have any possible lawsuits coming because they're going to look at safety and all of that all right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, ladies. All right. Back to the story. Uh, where were we? Airport service charge amended in St. Vincent on the Grenadines. Story courtesy of Caribbean.loopnews.com. The Argyle International Airport, AIA, advises travelers that the Airport Service Charge Act of St. Vincent on the Grenadines has been amended and gazetted as of April 11, 2023. In a statement, the AIA notes the Airport Service Charge Act Cap 74 is amended by deleting XCD $50 or USD $20 and substituting with XCD $100 or US $40. The chief CEO says in simple terms, the airport service charge, which was reduced as an incentive during the COVID-19 pandemic, will revert to the original amounts. And that goes into effect June 1st, 2023 for travel booked on or after June 1st. Over to Guyana. Guyanese teacher goes viral in school cutlass video. Story courtesy of tt.loopnews.com. The Guyana Teachers Union is calling on the Minister of Education and Guyana Police Force to protect teachers following an incident on a school compound. It is reported that there was an altercation at the Houston Secondary School involving a parent and student last Thursday. A teacher attached to the school was seen in a video with a cutlass in her hand, which has since gone viral. 
A report was made to the police. Attorney Darren Wade secured the teacher's release. Upon leaving police custody, the teacher told local media that this thing has become the new COVID. And as an educator, she would like to see a better relationship between teachers, parents and students so teachers can work on what they are being paid to do, which is to educate the charges in their care. The female teacher maintained that she was attacked. The union in a Facebook post said it's a total shame to see that a female teacher has to go to an extreme to defend herself at her place of work. The same place where teachers are expected to educate and keep learners safe, they themselves are unsafe. Meanwhile, the education minister on her Facebook page said in every altercation between a teacher and a parent, a child will be affected. Remember that and dial down all the talks of violence and hostility. (laughs) Parents, we need to understand, we may not like every teacher, we may not agree to their style, of uh, their administrative styles, and how they impart knowledge or how they manage their classrooms, but there is a way to go about doing things. You cannot fight fire with fire. There, we have to be level-headed. We have to be able to have um, a reasonable conversation where we're able to respect each other's um, perceptions, ideas, opinions, so on and so forth. You don't have the capability, probably not even the ability to, treat, to, to um, teach your child. So you're relying on me to do it for you so that your child will have a better future. And no disrespect to anyone, but sometimes the truth is the truth. You're relying on me to do it. You have to work, right? Because you have to pay your bills, so you can't treat teach your child. Okay? You need me to help you help your child. Come to me respectfully. As an adult, you say you're an adult. Come to me respectfully. Let us have a conversation. Because we both should have the child's um, interest at heart. You live with your child. You You should know your child better than I do. Should being the operative word because some parents don't know their children and that's the truth. Many children are great actors. Every one of them should have an Emmy Award. They're one thing at home and another thing outside. So come to me and let me know what it is that we need to address and how we can work together. Not attack me. Because what is the message we're now sending to our youth? And I think we've had this conversation before. When we as parents display a certain behavior, Guess what's going to happen? Or children, they're going to think that their actions are justified, whatever it is. Not cool. Let's do better. Moments. Yes, Javet. I'm confused. The video is showing the teacher brandishing a knife? A cutlass, yes. So she was attacked by the parent, so she had to go get a cutlass to protect herself. Because... Who is going to come up to you with your cutlass in your hand? 
Oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah. I, I thought this was like something after the fact and the teacher posted saying that if someone comes at me, then this is what they're going to get. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> All right. No, but because what I was going to say, if, if she has to stoop so low as to show her weapon, then her mindset is not at the level where an adult should be as well. I can understand, like I said yesterday, a lot of people use social media, I don't know for what reason, but they're they're making themselves get in trouble uh-huh. because of the things they're saying or doing on social media. And it's not making any sense to me, but okay, I was coming from it at another direction, so sorry. No, 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 you're fine. I, no, you're fine. You're You're fine. But when we think about it, yes, she shouldn't have to, no teacher should have to resort to that. None. Me, quite frankly, that's not the choice I would have made. But I understand. Teachers are being attacked at schools throughout the Caribbean. That was something that never used to happen. I don't know where they get this thing from. Can can you imagine going home back then? And someone telling your parent what you did in school? But, uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd be unalived let's you wouldn't be able to do this show today (laughs) i would y'all would never know about me today i'd be somewhere but not here not here that's for sure i mean it's so sad because even in the picture the the teacher is barefooted she she only has on her stocking she this is (laughs) this is just so sad we have to protect ourselves. Next door, or next set of stories, we um, head on over to Jamaica. First up, je- well, this one is not for Jamaica. This one affects the entire Caribbean. Gender policy role brewing at the University of the West Indies. Story courtesy of JamaicaObserver.com. A major role is developing at the University of the West Indies over a proposed new gender policy, which will require everyone connected to the regional institution to be referred to by the gender with which they identify. The new policy focuses on a person's gender identity, cisgender, transgender, gender non-conforming, non-binary, genderqueer, among others, rather than their sexual orientation heterosexual, homosexual, gay, lesbian, bisexual, queer, same loving sex, same sex loving, same gender loving, women loving women, men loving men, among others. Oh my Jesus. It is said to be designed to foster a secure environment in which all students and staff members across the spectrum of gender and sexual identities on all campuses feel protected and safe from any form of gender-related violence and create living working and learning environments across the university which provide for people of all gender identities and sexual orientations but jamaica observer says a group of christian lecturers are objecting to the proposed policy and are planning protest actions while not ruling out taking the matter to court in terms of a national priority, this is way beyond the science and the research. While it is part of the disclosure of gender advocates, there is no consensus that the United Nations has a clear position where it recognizes gender identity as a fundamental human right. There are many curves that people have to go through to get to that point. And beyond that, there is still a lot of science against arguments supporting that notion. 
within the context of a Jamaican society, our constitution reigns supreme and our constitution speaks to discrimination based on the male or female gender. So I don't think there is anywhere in the constitution where a person believes that he is a he or she or whatever it might be. Whew. I think I understand, however, where the policymakers in the university may want may, in the university may want to go. But in the larger scheme of things, it is probably jumping the gun. There are many other things to be resolved in the society more than this. Okay, so let me ask a question. Woman loving woman, what is that? Isn't that lesbian so why do i have to is there a difference between lesbian versus woman loving woman is there a difference between homosexual and men loving men i don't understand why the need to break down to the point where now i'm confused what is the difference what's the difference between woman loving woman and same gender loving isn't that the same thing <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing. Um, there are people that separate the desire to do something with the same sex versus identifying under those terms. Maybe that's where they're coming from. Okay, can I ask you a question, Javed? And Okay, so I'm a woman. I enjoy going to the club to watch women, but I don't want to sleep with women. What does that make me? You would not call yourself the L word. Mm -hmm. You're just attracted or there's something that they're doing that you get enjoyment from. Like I said, <laughs> some people separate the actual act of pleasuring with the same sex versus living that identity that people put on you. And I'm trying to keep it clean, what I'm trying to say. <laughs> All right, I got you, I got you. Hold on one second. Beloved, I sent the invite. I don't know if you need to leave and come back. Or uh, Javed or Rosolo, can one of you send the invite? I've actually sent her a couple myself, yeah. so she may have to go all the way out and, and come, come back. back. Yeah. Okay, so I am not a lesbian because I'm not interested in sleeping with the woman, but I admire, I, I'd rather go to a female strip club than go to a male strip club. Makes sense, right? So am I a woman loving woman or am a, or am a woman admiring woman? What is it? So now we need another um, breakdown because, or do I fall under woman loving woman? Question. <laughs> Beloved, I've sent you like three invites, so I'm not really sure what's going on. Maybe reset your phone. Sorry, moments. I think that we need to stop trying to identify everything in this world. Ooh, thank you. And let people be yeah as long as they're not hurting anyone yeah this break okay so 
I, I, I reside in the box of women loving women. Now, I, okay, work with me, folks, because we're trying to work through this thing because I'm confused as heck. So I reside in the box of women loving women, and I res- I'm placed in that box because I'm not sleeping with a woman. I'm only, I only enjoy looking at them, right? But now I may say, okay, let me try a woman. I'm not giving up on men, but let me try a woman. So now that puts me in the bisexual box. And then I say, huh, I prefer my sexual encounter with a woman. So now that puts me in the lesbian box. So I go through this different lesson. I agree with you, Javet. Can we just be, be what you want to be? And let's stop putting labels on this thing because it's going to drive us crazy. Trying to figure out. And I think some people don't even know how to express what they truly are or what they, they like or what they identify with. Do I need to? Beloved, I'm I don't know. I don't, I don't think Clubhouse is loving Beloved today or Clubhouse is not loving us, Javet, because I know we have accepted... And then, you know, something is really up with Clubhouse because I see her, for example, when, when you look at the screen, she's the first one under house members. And then you look again, she's the fourth one. It's all over the place. I'm not sure what's going on. Yeah, the screen always jumps, um, unfortunately, during the show. So I saw the same thing. I've sent her several invites as well. Uh, I'm not really sure what's going on, beloved. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and she has left and come back a few times. Yes, she has. Rosolo is on the phone. Um, Donna, I'm going to mod you. Please see if you're able to bring up beloved because it's not working for me and um, Javet. So I would appreciate your help if you could... Uh, See if you can send her an invite to come up. Okay. I don't know. The fifth, this is what you get when you cut your staff in 50% by 50%. All these um, difficulties with Clubhouse. Ay, ay, ay. Okay. All right. Not sure. Okay. Donald is magical. Yay! It took a man to get you up here. <laughs> oh no! Don't tell him that. Don't Thank you, Donald. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Go yeah. right ahead, beloved. Thank you so much I for was, your patience. I was just gonna say that the terms to define sexuality has changed in the way, in similar ways that ch- words that. Um, have been used to describe race have been have been cha- have changed over time and with the input of and so because it's language right and language shifts with culture it shifts with knowledge it shifts with the the values um, many like a, a, a critical mass within a, a a culture or a community, right? And so like, you know, like there's words being added to the dictionary, like bootylicious wasn't there 20 years ago, right? <laughs> so like <laughs> that, that's a thing. So that's a thing now. So anyway, same gender loving, as I understand it, is a term that is largely preferred by 
folks of a younger generation who who think about the term lesbian, for example, with a stigma, a political stigma, ah. as though you're like there is a sexuality plus a political disposition. Just for example, and I'll give you another example. Younger women use the word guys in a way that is genderless. Mm-hmm. When my generation really, like when you say guys, like my image, in my mind, my Im- the image comes to a group of um, males. Males, but right. Like, but the way that they use it is like guys. And that's the way they choose, you know. And so like gay, for example, used to refer to people who have a, on this, I'm going to say a political spectrum, mm-hmm. right, who are resounding, comfortable, out, um, active, Act, you know, like politically active on gay issues may embrace gay. And we used to think of it as just associated with boys or men. But younger um, women also identify as gay and prefer gay to lesbian. And so to to move around what that those terms are, same gender loving is preferred because that's more specific. Right. And so um, but the but that that is about to kind of do a shift. Right. Because that is an identity that shifts over time. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's like relational. Like we know, I'm sure many of us know people who were in um, a different gender, a, a relationship with somebody of a different gender. Um, and then, you know, made a choice in their relationship style, um, how they wanted to be in relationship or who they wanted to be in relationship with that was the same gender. And so sometimes the way that gender is think is is an identity that I hold right now and it is fluid and it can change and it can move it can shift over time because there's because that because ha- that, that happens. And so um so I just want to put that out there. And as somebody used to work in the university space, I've actually worked in pre-K to university spaces. In the university space, young people for the most part rebuke any um boxes. And, you know, they don't want to be captured into a box. But as in a university space, you create these things to understand, allocate resources within it. For example, there might be resources in the counseling space or sexual education, sexual health and education, where they 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 want to tailor the programming to the community that is present. So if so, if one day there's five percent LGBT spectrum or same gender loving 5% 5% and then over time it increases to 15%. They want to make sure that their programming can capture um, and be oriented towards a greater group of people, if that makes sense. Um, so I'll just put that there if that if that's helpful at all. It is helpful. Thank you so much for explaining it um, that way. I, I definitely appreciate it. So I'm looking in the chat and Sanet says, um, Remember our friend told us how much he hated same gender lover. So I'm glad you put that there, Sanet, because it then leads me to ask the question, how do I approach someone when I don't know what they prefer as a title? Queer. I don't know, Sanet. There's a lot. Some people have learned that there's a, a stigma around that. Although people identify as queer, I would different differently than you Sinet. I would say uh what what's 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 the preferred language my you know but I can't hardly think of a context in which I would refer 
you know, like I would need to know that information or represent that right. information unless you're in like in a formal setting, okay. like, you know, Eva Vega is a queer educator and blah, 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 blah. Because if you if you were introducing me in some way, you probably got a bio that put the language in there in it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not certain about like the context of it. You can represent, you know, you could also represent it somewhere on the LGBT spectrum because there's many points on that spectrum. Okay. Absolutely. I agree with you. One of the things that I've heard of more, a lot of people say they prefer to square because people are stumbling over their words and they're going LGBTQIA+, and they forget some parts of it sometimes. Right. So I've heard some people say, just call me queer. But that's that's specific to a number of people who I've spoken to. Not I, Obviously, I can't know every person who falls under that spectrum in the world. That would be impossible. Right. Good morning. But again, but again, why do we have to lead with that? Why can't I just speak to you? I, I'm, I'm still again trying to say, why are we trying to put people in a box? If you tell me, like how we have all these he, she, her, we, whatever, 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 I don't even know where I fall. I fall as Javette. <laughs> That's just me. That's all I want to fall as. I don't I know you're going to see my color. You're going to see this again. I did not put those titles on myself. Okay. So call me Javet. Okay. Oh, or gonna... ask me or ask me, you know, cause there's people on this app that, you know, if you say hi queen or hi sis, they say to you, I don't want to be referred as that. Please refer me as this, but I shouldn't have to walk up to you. That's, this is just me. I don't want to walk up to somebody and say, okay, what do you identify as? Which a lot of people are doing these days. That's not me. I yield. If if I may, the, the pronoun thing is a different. It's a, from what I understand from what the article was, was about capturing data, right? Like, is that correct? Okay. Yeah. So yes, yes. Okay. Yes, yes. So you capture data to create programming and tailor an experience for people, right? Based on like generalized ideas about it, right? It is never going to be perfect, but you tailor it with the intention to to, to provide programming, allocate resources, uh, assess need, um, allow people to like uh, connect, w- create or, or community spaces where they can get their resources and find affinity, right? And because differently than race for some people, right? It's not visual and so on and so forth. So they may have like an LGBTQ mixer for students, right? So students can go and necessarily, you know what I'm saying? Have like some soda and some cookies and talk and meet with other people who may have a similar experience or have whatever needs, right? And need to be out and need to connect with resources. Differently than the pronoun thing, because we, when we are in conversation, you know, like, Sunette just said something, right? But if I didn't know it, like I could, I would have to say like on this app, the person who was just talking, she made a great point, right? And so that is a different context because we're engaging without necessarily knowing each other. And it's a, it is an intention to be respectful, Mm -hmm. right? And so I would say, you know, like for me, for example, I I choose that in my profile, put my pronouns because I have a picture of a dog. 
um, you know, on this, on this thing, right? So they can't be certain about necessarily my voice. And some people have lower, like in lower intonations in their voice and may be confused and people want to be respectful. So it is an intention. So that's the reason why in my experience that people ask, what are your pronouns? Mm -hmm. So that I can, I can, I can refer to you in a manner in which you find respectful. I know a lot of people who are really frustrated by the cis thing because they have conflated or are confused about the difference between cis as in sister and cis as in cisgender cis sis or cis so i think there and and there's a lot of there's a lot of folks who are operating in a way that's i'm just going to say anti-community when we lash out at people or we take or project our frustrations on an individual who has nothing to do with your frustration so i'm you know i'm sorry that like people are coming for you by just saying sis, but I know there's a lot of people who have their back up because they are operating from a void of knowledge about what it, what the idea of cisgender and transgender means, and they're and they they're feeling attacked. So I just want to put that out there because I, I feel like I have a compassion for it, partly because I have a niece who's transgender and she started to identify with different pronouns and a different name, and her trans her trans identity started when she was like. 10 years old and so and now she's 19 um and so like i've had almost 10 years of witnessing you know some of these shifts and so i have a compassion for folks who are like just trying to enter into it and 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 bear the same knowledge i'm done speaking all right thank you beloved uh thank you javed thank you sunette oh um i still have a lot to learn um, what I definitely, definitely don't want to do is disrespect anyone because everyone has a right to feel the way they feel. And as I don't want to be disrespected, I don't want to disrespect, disrespect anyone. So we learn as we go because we don't live in our own individual bubbles. I think that was Sean. We're going to take one more comment and then go, keep it moving. Go right ahead, Sean. Good morning. I was just getting ready to say uh, that what what you said exactly what I was going to mention is that um, it is it, hard to it's hard to you got to walk a fine line and you don't want to offend anybody um, and so I don't want to walk up to somebody and potentially unknowingly offend and offend somebody so how do you it, it goes back to how do you walk up to somebody and not want to be offensive to them because you may you may be saying hey how you doing sis or how you doing brother or however you want to i however you want to address them and then you don't want to be put in that. And I don't want to be. I don't want to be put in that situation as to I'm potentially of offending them and not knowing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All if, right. I, if I could just offer some quick things, Sean, you could say, "Hey, friend," you know, you you know, "Hello, God's favorite, um, favorite humans." Hello, beautiful humans. That kind of thing. Okay. All right. Or could we, beloved, just simply ask, um, what's your name? Who am I speaking with? Who do I have the pleasure of speaking with? Could we just do that? That sounds good, except if their name is, you know, <laughs> fluid as well. 
Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. All right. So new world and we just have to know how to navigate it. All right. Um, okay. So next story. Thank you all so much, ladies. I appreciate your input and thank you, Sean. Thank you so much. Next story. CHTA Travel Marketplace to be held in Jamaica in 2024. Story courtesy of Caribbean.loopnews.com. The Caribbean Hotel and Tourism Association's Travel Marketplace will take place in Jamaica in 2024. The announcement was made during Jamaica's press conference at the 41st Travel Marketplace currently taking place in Barbados. The last one took place in Jamaica five years ago. Responding to the announcement, Jamaica's Minister of Tourism, Edmund Bartlett, said he is very pleased to welcome the event back to his island. It has been five years since we had a mega tourism event. As a signature statement of recovery, Jamaica is going to host one of the most exciting CHTAs that you would have ever seen. A marketplace with a difference. He noted there would be sessions on thought leadership and resilience and mega players from across the world would be brought in for those discussions. You could look forward to a first day that would be filled with strong activations around sustainability, resilience, investment, and of course, the tourism trade. All right. And our next story, really sad savagery, a seven-year-old kidnapped, beaten, and raped in St. Mary's story, courtesy of JamaicaGlina.com. A seven-year-old girl was the victim of a savage sexual attack after she was kidnapped for hours in the quiet rural community of Fellowship Hall in St. Mary on Tuesday. Residents and police sources have disclosed. Blooded and battered, she was rescued by a young boy who found her lying under a mango tree in the community at about 5 p.m., nearly nine hours after she left home for school but never made it. Superintendent Bobette Morgan, who heads the St. Mary Police, confirmed that an incident involving a minor occurred in the community. Morgan disclosed, too, that someone is in custody in connection with the incident, but declined further comment, citing the ongoing investigation. But according to one resident, the seven-year-old, when she was able to speak, recounted that her face was covered with a bag and her mouth stuffed with cloth before she was taken to an abandoned building and pummeled by her attacker before she was sexually assaulted and left for dead. The seven-year-old remained hospitalized up to late yesterday. The residents believe her attacker was part of a group that went in search of her after she was reported missing. Three cases of rape were recorded in St. Mary between January 1 and April 30 this year. According to residents, there were no signs of danger when the child left home early Tuesday for school, said to be located behind her home. Oh, boy. Um... This is just sad. Seven years old. You know, Lord, forgive me for what I'm about to say. Say it, because I know I'm thinking it. Say it. Can they, when they find out who it is, can they just release him to the public? That's exactly what I was going to say. I know we're blood. That's exactly what I was going to Just release him. Just release him to release the public. Release him, please. Just release him to the public, please. That's all we're asking you. No matter ways to pay taxpayer time for all this nonsense. We know what needs to be done. Just release him, the man. Just release him. Yeah. 
Make we take care of him. Do your DNA. Make sure all dot your I's and cross your T's. Lord, forgive me. I am Jamaican. Mm -mm. I am Jamaican. And so as a Jamaican, there are certain things, you know, that we condone and certain things we don't. And there, there are certain things that will happen that will trigger certain things within us, you know. Yes. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Lord, keep, let me keep it together. Yes, Tasha, yes. Just like that. But more than that, Tasha, more than that, this little girl has been messed up for the rest of her life. The rest of her life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The amount of therapy is going to be able to be able, be able to help, in my opinion. None. Traumatized for the rest of her life. I um I think she's gonna be traumatized. No, I'm not thinking. She will be traumatized, but let's pray that the universe will send her a way that it doesn't mess her up for the rest of her life let me let me just say that i want to take it out the i want to take it out the universe yeah and you're the kind sister jovette we thank you for that moments and i waiting on the side of the street and our flip-flops with our machetes for him okay? oh Dev. i'm with y'all right about mm -hmm. i'm with y'all i'm because y'all already know that Okay. We don't have much sense on this side of town. We don't have a lot of <laughs> Yeah, we ain't, we ain't wired so right. I'm just wired talking right. about the baby. I'm just talking okay. about the baby. Okay, okay, all right. For him, I want a couple of things, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Slow. Not 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 something Days. Quick. Slow. Days. Yes. Days yeah. of it. Days of it. Mm -hmm. Days of it. Days of it. Yeah. We low-key ignorant when it comes to certain things. Really. Mm -hmm. um, we ain't got much sense when it comes to certain things. Mm -mm. Sense never give away in our family. Sense mm -mm. never give away in our family. Not yeah. when it comes to certain mm -mm. things. Not at all. Whew, child. Lord have mercy. Definitely pray for her. Pray for healing for her and her family. Next story, finance minister, opposition spokesman, spar over minimum wage payments. Story courtesy of Nationwide Radio, JM. The minister of finance and his opposition shadow sparred on Wednesday in the House of Representatives over the non-payment of minimum wage increases to some workers in the last fiscal year. The exchange followed the tabling by the government of legislation confirming the most recent increase in the national minimum wage. Here is Siobhan Campbell to tell us more. At this point, today on May 9th, there are still thousands of Jamaican workers who have not gotten the minimum wage increase which went into law in 2022. What? At the PAC meeting last week, I asked the Permanent Secretary in the Ministry of Health to provide a status on negotiations with companies who are contracted by the government and who employ janitors, the people who clean the hospitals, doors, etc. He said at the time that 50% of those 
employed by the Ministry of Health. 50% that they have concluded negotiations for 2022. The minimum wage was moved from $7,000 to $9,000 in 2022. A further adjustment to $13,000 was announced by the Prime Minister earlier this year and will take effect on June 1. But Finance Minister Dr. Nigel Clark clapped back at Mr. Robinson's observation, noting that all workers directly employed by the government did receive their due increases. Persons who are directly employed by the government have been paid the increased minimum wage. What the member is speaking to, which is a point that is a, a valid point, is that companies in one or two ministries in particular, in a particular ministry, Madam Speaker, small businesses, medium-sized businesses that that ministry employs to deliver services, what the member is contending is that those small and medium-sized businesses or those medium-sized businesses in their businesses are not observing the law. And when confronted, answer they give is that they're waiting for their contract with the ministry to be renewed. Minister Clark says the current administration has done justice to those at the lower end of the pay scale. But let me just remind Madam Speaker that in the compensation restructuring, which is in my domain, the salaries for weekly paid staff in the previous scale were in the region of $8,000 a week, I mean $9,000 a week and $10,000 a week. Under the compensation restructuring, the salaries for weekly paid staff who are directly employed by the government, I just don't want this to be lost, have been increased, Madam Speaker. The scales are available on the Ministry of Finance website to between $15,000, $17,000, all the way up to $20,000 a week, Madam Speaker. Okay? Siobhan Campbell for Nationwide News. In our next story, high-level police investigation underway into Pavilion Jewelers heist. This story also courtesy of Nationwide Radio JM. A high-level police investigation is underway following a robbery at the Pavilion Jewelers at uh, the store at Springs Plaza on Constant Spring Road in St. Andrew on Wednesday morning. Six armed men, one of whom was dressed as a security guard, reportedly entered the facility just after opening time at about 10.15 a.m., pretending to be customers. Head of the St. Andrew Central Police Senior Superintendent Marlon Nesbeth says the men made off with a quantity of jewelry. They were able to, having asserted themselves like that, rob a customer, some employees, and the store itself to include the manager. The manager was some cash were taken from him. The store itself, they lost some items to include necklaces, chains, and uh, watches. Uh, Values of those not yet determined uh, up to now, but uh, we are fine-tuning our investigation around all aspects of that. No one was injured in the incident. Nationwide news sources say approximately U.S. $35,000 or about 5 million Jamaican dollars in jewelry was stolen. Senior Superintendent Nesbeth says after robbing the store, the men escaped in two stolen motor vehicles. Important the men left and in separate direction, they were able to following that quickly robbed two motor cars which they used to make their getaways in different directions. We expect that we will be able to determine who these guys were as we move along with the investigation based on descriptions and based on eyewitnesses even within our outside and also outside of the jewelry store itself. All right. 
A man with a toy gun shot and killed by beryllium security guard. Story also courtesy of Nationwide Radio. A man believed to be of unsound mind was shot and killed by a beryllium security guard after approaching them with a toy gun on Wednesday in Morant Bay, St. Thomas. The incident reportedly took place sometime after 2 p.m., shortly after the team had just serviced an automated banking machine. Head of the St. Thomas Police Superintendent Alison Byfield told Nationwide News that the man was rushed to the Princess Margaret Hospital. We were through servicing the machine and was heading towards the vehicle when this man came from nowhere and pointed an object at them resembling a firearm. As a result, one of the guards fired a shot in his direction, which caught the man somewhere in the region of his chest. That was Superintendent Alison Byfield, who heads the St. Thomas Police. That one is so unfortunate. Um, I don't know if the weapon that he pointed, well, the toy gun that he pointed at them um, looks anything like what is in the picture. And I'm going to post it at the top of the page. I don't know if this is what it looks like. Okay, thank you, Clubhouse. I appreciate you, Clubhouse. Not sure what Clubhouse is going on with today. All right, so... So unfortunate. If it looked like that, um, then again, I don't know how close he was to them. You know, I, I guess with everything that has been happening with beryllium, they're no longer taking any chances. You know, unfortunately. All right. And uh, I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. I'm saying poor thing. It sounds like that. They're, they're heightened. Um, they're hyper aware because of all the attacks happening with their coworkers. Mm-hmm. And can you blame them? No, of course not. Can't blame them at all. Sad. Yeah. All right. In our next story, in the Brew Entertainment News out of the Caribbean, Popcorn and Grace Jones featured on Gorilla's Gold Certified Album. Jamaican actress, singer, and model Grace Jones and dancehall artist Popcorn are not popcorn. Khan are featured on the gold certified album Humans by British act Gorillaz. Humans was on Wednesday certified gold in France for sales exceeding 50,000 units. The certification was issued by the National Syndicate of Phonographic Publishing. The album was previously certified gold in Canada, 40,000 units, Poland, 50,000 units, and in the United Kingdom, 100,000 units. It has sold more than 500,000 units worldwide. Ha ha. What y'all? Everything that they're in the past, Press the button to begin. All my life, me ever have my gun, so me have to move sharp like me knife. All my life, me pray say when me get wealthy, I'm a and wife. All my life, this this thing forced me to be a killer just like Rodney Price. All my life, no, all my life. So 
that one is titled Saturn's Bars. That's Gorillas featuring Popcorn. But hold on a second. That line that he just said, force me to be a killer like Rodney Price. Is he saying that Rodney Price is a killer or what kind of killer? Is a killer of music, dance hall? Or is it is it a metaphor? Is it a play on words? What is he saying? It's a play on words. Okay. Um, Rodney Price is a bounty killer. Ooh. Oh, okay. All right. Jesus. Had me word there for a second. Had me worried there for a second, Dre. So what you want to say about Rodney Price? I still like him. I like his music. <laughs> oh, I can I can breathe a soft relief in an interview. <laughs> in an interview with the Jamaica Observer, Popcorn commented on the achievements of humans. It's a great feeling to see the accomplishments. I do what I do for the love of music first. That level of success just increases the energy to continue to do it as for what i think it does for me and dance hall this is for all the people who think you have to change who you are as jamaican or as a dance hall artist for great things to happen we just give god thanks and keep working hard that's all he is featured on the track Saturn's Bars, which peaked at number five on Billboard's Hot Rock Songs chart and eight number 87 on the UK Singles chart. And then Grace Jones is featured on the track Charger. That's playing in the background. Rhythm and blues singers um, Anthony Himmel Hamilton and Mavis Staples, pop singer Carly Simon, Raging Bone Man, and rap outfit Della Soul also appear on the track, on the album rather. <laughs> this one does sound like something Grace Jones would be on. I think I can listen to the other one. This one is giving me a headache. I'm sorry. <laughs> you scared. So is this under the category of reggae, pop? What What is this under the category of? It... The album. Oh, child. So let's see how they classify it. Um, hot. Okay, well. Hot rock. Hot rock. Yeah, the one with um, Popcorn is classified under Hot Rock. I guess because of the beat. I don't know. Not, yeah. Okay, <laughs> okay. I'm, confused. <laughs> I'm confused. Whose album is this? Gorillas. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Who would have thought that that collab would happen between um, Gorillas and Popcorn? Okay. Go right ahead, Sonette. Go ahead. I know I heard you. Is it Gorillas from back in like the early 2000s, Gorillas? Yep. That's the one from the UK. They, I didn't remember they were British. Uh -huh. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Those are the ones that always do like the cartoon. Yes. Videos. Yes. Okay. Okay. Ask them. Yeah. Alban is the guy behind it. Who said it again? Adesoji. Who? Alban. Okay. Uh, his first name escapes me now. Um, he used to be part of uh, another rock group. They broke up, so he moved on to form the Gorillas. Okay. But remember, thank you, Adesoji, for um, letting us know that. But remember, um, it's not the first time Dancehall has collaborated with rock. If we go back to the 90s when Bounty Killer collabed with um, No Doubt and um, Lady Saw collabed with No Doubt, um, I know there are more. Somebody remind me. There are other acts. There are other acts. Super Cat with Sugar Ray. Yep, exactly. And there are more. So it's not the first time, right? So um, it's breaking into another genre. And yeah, working together, doing what you got to do. Keep moving. Let's, you know, continue to Ca promote. Calif Cal California punk rock have a lot of reggae in it, too. So, yeah. All right. Reggae, do it, thing. I can do it, thing. Yeah. All right. That's all. <laughs> all right. So that story closes out our Caribbean Corner segment. We're going to take another quick break. Well, going to take a quick break. When we return, we have stories out of Latin America and on the international scene. Here is some old school reggae for you. It is hashtag TBT Throwback Thursday. Freddie McGregor, I see it in you. There's so much I wanna say to you, yeah. Oh, slow it down so I can say what I wanna say. Tell you how I feel You know my loving is real From the crown of my head To the sole of my feet Gotta pull this one right back up from the top to everyone listening on the quality music zone qmzradio.com for quality music while you work or play keep it logged on to www.qmzradio.com for that good music to get you through your day here is morgan heritage uh. 
down by the river. I know I played this one already, but I got a request to play it again, so here you go. Anyone come to see me this day, tell them I'll be gone for the day. Coming up, we have some Glenn Washington, half fine and Deville. Keep it locked. Waiting for the good Lord to pass my way. Oh, yeah. I'll be down by the river. Songs of joy on this lovely day. Oh, yeah. Big thank you to everyone logged on and listening on JanoRadio.com, the non-stop party vibe station. Download the Jano Radio app, J-A-H-K-N-O. It is available in your Apple and Google Play stores. Jano Radio, take us on the go. There will be no cause or reason for you to doubt me. Cause what I feel is real The love that I have is your sign and see Now I'm building my whole wide world around you But baby, here's my request from you Baby, don't take my kindness for weakness Please don't take my sweetness for weakness No, baby, don't take my kindness for weakness No, no, baby Cause our future depends on you And no one else will do Ooh. And every breath I take I'll take another one for you Because I want you in my life No, baby and every song I sing, I'll be singing with feelings about you With feelings of love so pure and true There is no way I can live my life without you, baby But this I desire from you Baby, don't take my kindness for weakness No, no, don't take my sweetness for weakness Please don't take my kindness for weakness No, no, baby Cause everything depends on you And no one else will do No, no, no No, baby Thank you to everyone rocking it out right here with me on Clubhouse After all, this is where the conversation happens she called my name from coast to coast Telling 
gonna squeeze in this one. Half pint. Substitute lover. Coming up, stories out of Latin America, news from around the world, and later on, stories out of North America, business and tech news, and health and science news. Tell a friend to log on. They can listen either on QMZRadio.com or JanoRadio.com or invite your friends to listen right here on Clubhouse. Whenever I call you on the telephone, there's someone to say you're not at home. Girl, you always have an alibi. It seems to me you have another guy. Don't pretend to drive your love ladder or get caught up in your rapture. You see, girl, oh girl, don't take me for no substitute lover. I don't know, my, but my skin is itching. I think I want to play this one as well. I, I got to give it the devil always on my mind. Devil! Featuring Sean Paul. I'm smiling too, Javet. I was smiling all morning as I was putting the playlist together. So you remember me, Shana Paul and Davil. Sing. I'm thinking about you. But a bang, bang, bang. Girl, I miss you. Serious day. Baby, ever since that day you went away. Yes, I can't live without you. No way, 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 way. To your smell and to your skin and to your smile Because the memories you left me of your touch is so fine Searching for your tenderness I keep on trying Me yeah. I forget to love you down the line What the heck? Here's one more <laughs> Here's Wayne Wade I love you too much And definitely after this one It's back to the news Without an appointment Cause I heard laughter coming through your door Sometimes late at night you still call me 
Pull this one up for Jilly. Sometimes, but that's a promise I can't keep. Oh, I love you too much to ever start liking you. Let's leave the story at an end. No, I love you too much to ever start liking you. So don't expect me to be your friend. So happy when I see you, girl. You smile and take my hand. Introduce me to your latest lover. Yeah, that's when the world starts crushing in. Cause I love you too much to ever start lying. Let's leave the story at an end. Yeah, I love you too much to ever start liking you. So don't expect me to be. All right, all right, all right. Just one more, just one more, just one more. I gotta squeeze in this Marcy Griffiths. Just one more. This is it, I promise. Getting you ready for the weekend. Taking you back to the ages, 90s, and early 2000s. Y'all are no good for me. None of you will say no moments. Get back to business. I gotta change. I I gotta change my company. I gotta find new friends. No, ma'am. This is the morning medication. You're the only one I could see.
definitely rent a towel. gonna lie <laughs> you know what i feel like doing dash wedding news and just go and play tunes that one Marcia Griffiths it's time for us to get back to business for real for real it is time for stories out of our Latin American corner I'm not gonna lie I am not gonna lie I felt like you know we really have to do the news today <laughs> Just felt like selecting some tunes today. Yeah. All right. I'm not responsible for anybody getting pregnant. I'm not responsible for anybody not doing their work. Don't blame it on me. Learn to um, focus, okay? All right. First up, a Jamaican is missing in Mexico or was missing in Mexico, has been found dead on the street, but was unidentified. Uh, illegal migration in spotlight as government to assist family to repatriate body to the island. Story courtesy of Caribbean.lootnews.com. A Jamaican man who seemingly tried to cross illegally into the United States died in Mexico recently, and that's according to Foreign Affairs and Foreign Trade Minister Senator Kamina Johnson-Smith. The Jamaican government is preparing to assist the family in repatriating the body to Jamaica. Johnson-Smith disclosed at Wednesday's post-cabinet press briefing, during which she briefly mentioned that there is another developing situation involving kidnappings. The minister did not elaborate on the matter involving the kidnappings. The government in recent weeks has expressed deep concern about the number of Jamaicans using the Central American route to illegally enter the United States and has pointed 
to the dangers of such illegal channels, including kidnapping, human trafficking, and even death. Johnson Smith, in outlining some details of the recent death, said the young man's body was found on a street in Mexico. He was regrettably an unidentified person found on the streets, and his family had no idea where he was. And the persons who were supposed to have been traveling with him became uncontactable by the family. However, some efforts were made by our embassy in Mexico to reach out to the department that is responsible for the identification of personnel and persons. And it was found that the young Jamaican citizen was identified as having had an autopsy performed on him, but not having the body claimed. Johnson Smith did not provide details on the cause of the man's death or exactly how he arrived in Mexico. The family did not share the exact route how he got into Mexico, but he died there. The minister again is warning Jamaicans to desist from entering the U.S. using illegal routes as there are real consequences to doing so. And again, just recognizing that these things are not a bed of roses and the stories that these scammers and smugglers sell to individuals in vulnerable communities should not be trusted. All right. Um, yes, please heed the warning. But what are we... We've heard reports. I think we saw an interview on a news channel... It was posted on social media. It's a news channel at the border. I don't know if that's the Jamaican man they were speaking to. I don't know. But there is a Jamaican man in that video. And his reason for leaving Jamaica is the crime. So now we have to ask the government, what do you intend to do so that people are not risking their lives? What are we going to do about it? We're fully aware that there is a crime issue in Jamaica. We're fully aware of that. What is the plan? So the Minister of Tourism, Edmund Bartlett, has been working very hard and has been talking about the developments that are going to be taking place. Um, the resumption of construction on the North Coast, in particular in St. Anne, where they're going to be continuing on with the one billion U.S. dollar um, tourism project. Um, I think that's an investment by the Saudis. I think that's a huge opportunity for, for um, labor, for people to earn. However, we need to review and see if um, they're getting fair wages or if they will be getting fair wages. To, and then the other thing is, which I'm fully aware of, is that you do have some people who just don't see value in working. How do we move those individuals? We have some people who are content with picking up the phone you know, going through their, their Rolodex, their e-Rolodex, and seeing who they can call to get a $50 here, a 100 here, a 200 there. So they call their friends and family members in the UK, in Canada, the US, the Cayman Islands, and wherever they are scattered around the world, and they presume 
that they're not struggling too. They presume that money's being picked off of trees. So they do that. That's their living. They actually call people. Right? They're not calling you to check on you. They're just calling you to get money because some of them flat out would tell you they don't want to work. How do we get through to that group? How do we get through to them? Ground rising. Good morning, Afo. Uh, there's no getting to through to someone at that moment. It's like, why waste the time? And the person wouldn't be stupid if you have a family member who have to call them and just a call for big money. And because unless that family member, or some idiot or maybe somebody who just have it like that and don't mind just sending sending whenever the person pick up the phone and call and say, yo, is a money me are looking then fine, but if that's not the case, why you continuously send money to somebody who got out tell them don't want to work? And again, what the government should do about people like those who don't want to work? A cruff will always be a cruff, plain and simple. I mean, it, that's the person mindset that are the root for them choose. Now, for the persons who really want to try for work and can't get, a, um, probably not have proper credentials or or I don't know the skills or whatever it is to to get our job. Then those are the people you can try and work with, and and as well as the people who have the credentials, but them just can't catch a break. <laughs> those are the people you try to work with, start out the infrastructure or whatever, and come up with other um, ways where these persons can finally catch a break. Because they already have the skills and have the, the credentials. You know what I mean? So you deal with those people, as, and again as well as the person who might not have it but just really want for work can't mm -hmm. everybody want to go work for uh, somewhere where all the mothers are just um work just for go at work <laughs> that doesn't make no sense nobody want that you know what i mean and i would never do that because that was one of the things why when we that look on say, oh, hold on say that works. again i want to make sure i understand it clearly say that last sentence it, again Afo. oh work just for go back at work so you go at work just for get paid you can't do nothing this boy. Okay, all atmosphere right. Atmosphere for go back at work. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I wouldn't want that. People have bills to pay, uh, and food, uh, and and um, food for buy, and all the things what they need for supposed to do. So they want better wages for can support what they want for do. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, work with those people. Who don't want nothing? Then they must go figure it out. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The man family members figure it out and, and, and leave it at that. And if they become a nuisance, then that's how the law come, you know. Here's what I say. Mm -hmm. When the family member cut them off, that's how the law come, you know, and the law deal with them um, accordingly. You know, and that's what the thing said. I think, so you said something in the beginning um, with regard to pers the essence of it is people sending money back home constantly or somewhat make doing a foolish thing but here is the thing some of some people who are sending money home and this is what i'm gathering by speaking to people they send money home for a couple of reasons one that money is intended to help them to look after their mom or their grandmother or to help put their children through school because some of them have left their children back there until they get themselves situated and that's understandable then you have another set of people who send money home because they're, it's a guilt trip for them, right? Uh, then you have another set. They send money home 
because they feel um, sorry for, right? People come and say, boy, my water outfit cut off, my light outfit cut off, me have no, me not have no food in my house and then give the sad story and all the things there, right? So you feel bad for them, right? So you send the money home. And then you have another group. Um, they... They send the money home because they promised the people they were leaving behind that when me reach a foreign, no worry yourself, me I go take care of you. <laughs> Am I lying? Uh, That's the no, feedback you know, I've got. You're not lying, but hear this now. All right. So if it's a situation where this person have a child, leave them child for come over here so they can provide for that child. There's nothing wrong with that. That person, if it's a situation with a person, have them uh, mother, father, grandmother, grandparents, whatever, and you know they're in a position where them can come over, go overseas, and then send money for make sure say, um, them family that those elderly persons are getting taken care of. Mm-hmm. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. You get me? I say. Mm-hmm. No, for the ones them who always come with a sad story, like brother, my, but when I walk. And I pick up money off of the ground. Uh, the money not grow up on tree. I have to work. What are you doing? You know what I mean? Even if I say, all right, I'm going to send you a few dollars that, um, that weekend. Yeah, mm-hmm. Or that mountain. Yeah. You see me? Oh, yeah. What are you going to do for make sure that stretch? Or what are you going to do for make sure say, all right, then, um, sister, you try. You do your thing. You know what I mean? And if it's a makeup, come more time, the person might go find a work. I must and you must say, yo, all right, here, well, I'm going to get my pee and thing and I'm going to start out such and such bills. But I just like me alone and left. I know the JPS thing already, so that every problem you do, I just have a if if you make up, all right, then cool, I'm have a problem with that. Send it. But if every day you pick up the phone and you always have a sad story, I'm going to know if you're fuck, say, yo, you're not work. I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, um, you're just that type of person. Yeah, 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 sell me a story just for me send your money. Then at some point, that person who overseas, I guess, I forgot, um, um, come to them senses and say, yo, this, this doesn't make no sense. Right, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, 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 then uh, and uh, and a car call every minute and then tell you so they don't want to work again it's up to you and all oh, wise you is mm-hmm. to say all right then uh, um uh, figure out what you're gonna do right here so if you're gonna be a fool and continue to send money mm-hmm. or you're gonna make the person say brother stop car call my phone and go get a work you see me i say i'll go find somebody else to antagonize you see me i say you figure it out are you right. a journey that's a journey you depend on deal with it you know what i mean so different situation call for different things. So I any data depends on the type of person um we have. If you have an idiot, I, I would say say I idiot, we're gonna take you for your idiot. Mm-hmm. You know, until you, you you wise up and put on your foot and just cut out the person. If you have to just cut out you have to just cut out the person. You get what I say? Sometimes you just have to learn to say no. They and stop feel guilt. What do you feel guilt for? Tell me how you take off yourself and you say you want better, you go there and gonna try to get better. That person can go do the same thing. And mm-hmm. as I'm saying, if the person is trying, then they try and see where they can help out. Okay. You see me? I say, if yeah. you can't manage, you just can't manage. Cause you know, go yeah, I try, 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 and then at the end of the day, you go put yourself, you know, um, and then at the end of the day, you go 
try to put yourself in a problem because you, you feel like say just obligate and this guilt trip and you have to try and do whatever for this person and then you can you know can't pay your bills so in other words there should be a, there should be a limit to our compassion in other words Ex exactly yeah same when if you win the lotto you, when you go to girl and give everybody no. everything and even though it just gives eh, there you go but... you just give the person and them say well i'm buy the house like what you're saying about here what the roof one fix what do you mean by the roof one fix right. the roof you start out the house. now you shouldn't use your common sense and look for way in the price range you do a mcgill mm -hmm. and saw that out mm -hmm. uh, you mm -hmm. know what i mean mcgill asked mcgill and get the saddle too that doesn't make no sense as you're saying that you know so here's a recommendation i can thank you afo as you're saying that here's a recommendation i can make to people overseas um those who are constantly called to help to pay say the light bill or the water bill you know they have them set it up online because i think almost everybody in jamaica has a smartphone and you can download the app on your phone and you can pay the bill from here directly if you don't want to send the money to them because we know how it go already, right? And that's when you will find out where your money is really going. All right. But um, I think the government has to definitely look into seeing what can be done to deter folks from risking their lives by taking the route through Central America. They definitely have to look into that. Not just the government of Jamaica. I have said it here before that the governments of all the countries where people are leaving and risking their lives to get to the USA need to see what can be done to prevent this from happening. You have to fix your countries. Because you should feel bad you ought to feel bad. There has to be something inside of you, right? That when you hear that someone from your country died risking their lives to get across the border. Wow. How did I contribute to that? People have been complaining about the cost of living. People have been complaining about the lack of resources or the lack of opportunities, sorry. People have been complaining about the crime rate. What are we doing to fix these things? Where a, The truth is, a lot of people not leaving because they truly want to turn their backs on their countries, but they're looking for safety and they're looking for opportunity. So I implore all the leaders to start to look within and, you know, be conscious of what's going on. Be intentional. And follow through on your promises to your folks. All right. Uh, moments. Well, a quick, quick thing. Yes. Um, I don't know if we uh, know Jamaica thinks still, but because all right, yeah, you know, so always for people not watch news. You know what I mean? Um, but five or since me, I want to impress people like watch news, whether local or international. Mm -hmm. And I think one 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 other business idea when we see them talk about in Jamaica, or supposed to reach Jamaica, some ship uh shipyard, welcome at Jamaica, some like repair ship, uh, okay. some German company or something like that. Okay. So they must say that I go bring um new um job opportunities for for persons. Right. You know what I mean? No, me I watching news. We are going for find no me watching news and say that. Uh, you know, me not want to find out where we can go and inquire about that and you know keep up to date so we know when it reach or how long it will reach here and then that way you know uh, if there are things we see some we can do 
for, for, for um have the proper training our credentials are training you right know? Um, can I ask you a question? Alpha, sorry to cut you. Let me ask yeah, you a question. Sure. Are you able to send that information over to me so that I can um, disperse it? We can um, share it with others because it's the first time I'm hearing about it. And anything that is beneficial that will help our people, let us see how we can pass that on. So yeah, please sure. do me a favor, YouTube, search um, for it and send it over to yeah, me. TVJ News. I think upon TVJ News, we'll see it or something. So. All right. So I look for it and send it to you. Yes, please send me the link. And I got to keep. Okay, who was that? Let me get one more comment in and then I'll keep it moving. Who was that? Donald, go right yeah, ahead. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I find oftentimes, like, especially in developing countries, we look for the big project to employ two, three hundred, two thousand people one time, right? Mm -hmm. um, but oftentimes we have to focus some of our resources on what problems we can solve from within easily what are the low-hanging fruits uh -huh. how do you sort of change people mindset in going and helping local entrepreneurs and stuff to develop their craft and develop that that, that businesses in the different niches and networks and get into people head that we can be self-sufficient some more as opposed to look into the government. I know it's good that every government wants to go and say we provide X amount of jobs and stuff like that. But I think it's time we shift and start to solve problems from within because there's a lot we can do within to improve our situations that is not being done. And I think it's a lost opportunity. Mm -hmm. Valid point. Thank you so much, Donald. Thank you, Apple. All right, next up, our uh, Latin America fueling resurgence in Caribbean tourism. Story courtesy of Caribbean.loopnews.com. While the United States remains the top source market for the Caribbean, Latin America is leading the Caribbean's tourism resurgence in 2023. According to, st to statistics from Forward Keys, visitors from Latin America are growing and led overseas arrivals to the Caribbean in the first quarter of 2023. Colombia, 48%, Peru, 21%, Argentina, 15%. They are the three leading markets for the Caribbean. For, for the Caribbean, airline analysis shows that visitors from Latin America predominantly travel in premium class, and that number was up by 87% over 2019 figures. The top markets fueling premium class travel are Ecuador, Peru, Colombia, Mexico, and Argentina. The top destinations for these luxury travelers were Curacao, Dominican Republic, Jamaica, and the Bahamas. All right, then. According to the Caribbean Travel Trends Report, a collaboration between the CHTA and Forward Keys, the Easter period fueled travel from Latin America in 2023 from Colombia, Brazil, and Argentina in the top source markets. And the top destinations for those travelers were the Dominican Republic, Turks and Caicos, Guadeloupe, Martinique, Puerto Rico, Jamaica, U.S. Virgin Islands, Curacao, Antigua and Barbuda, and St. Lucia. So that's good that we are seeing that happen in the Caribbean. All right, time for stories on the international scene. First up, DR Congo in discussions with Uganda over use of crude pipeline. Story courtesy of Al Jazeera. The Democratic Republic of Congo has commenced discussions with neighboring Uganda for possible use of the East African country's planned crude oil pipeline to export petroleum. Uganda is developing the $3.5 billion, 898-mile East African crude oil pipeline that will start from oil fields in its Albertine Rift Basin on its western border 
with DRC to Tanzania's Indian Ocean seaport of Tanga. The controversial pipeline is for transporting Uganda's crude to international markets when it starts production in 2025. The DRC Ministry of Hydrocarbons said in a Twitter statement late on Tuesday that its minister met Uganda's energy minister with discussions involving access to the pipeline. And our next story, we head on over to Finland. Sana Marin, Finnish PM, to divorce as she prepares to leave office. Story courtesy of BBC.com. Finland's outgoing Prime Minister Sana Marin and her husband Marcos have filed for divorce, saying we are grateful for the 19 years together and our beloved uh, daughter. The couple married back in 2020 when Miss Marin was leading the country's pandemic response and they share a five-year-old daughter together. She is due to leave office after the center-left party lost the general election last month. In a story posted on her Instagram account, she said she is still best friends with her husband, who is a businessman and former professional football. And we will continue to spend time together as a family and with each other. She is 37 years old and became the world's youngest prime minister when she took office in 2019. But she lost out in a tight race to the National Coalition Party. Yeah, you know. Wonder what what's her um performance rate? Has she been rated? Has her performance been rated? Is she did she um do a good job? Did she leave any things in place that are worthy of recognition? I need to look up some more about her. Anybody familiar with her performance? Hmm. Okay, got to look that up and definitely share that. Okay, so that story wraps up our Latin American and international news segment. Coming up, we have stories out of North America, health and science, as well as business and tech news. Of course, I'm feeling real good today. Let's jam out to a little Barry Salmon rock away. Hashtag TBT Throwback Thursday, getting you ready for the weekend. It is music in retrospect, taking you back to the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. Enjoy. Now I feel it in my heart. Being such a golden time at the park. Yes. Now there's hardly any safe place left to go. Come again, we do it just the same. 
and those days definitely stay on our mind. Thank you to everyone listening on the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com. Keep it locked. You know what? <laughs> I pulled this one back up by accident. But you know what? Good music is good music. We'll just go ahead and enjoy. Okay, Rose Solo. Solo says, let it play. Are you on someone's mind? You know my thoughts and you know my words And girl, you ever in my rhyme Girl, you always on my mind You always on my mind Every hour, every minute, every second of my time I'm addicted to your smell and to your skin and to your smile because Coming up, we have Kashif Lindo, Freddie McGregor and some busy signal What you want me to do? I just don't want to be lonely. Thank you to everyone listening on JanoRadio.com. Download the Jano Radio app, J-A-H-K-N-O. It is available in your Apple and Google Play stores. Jano Radio, take us on the go. Let's go, Freddie McGregor. I ain't gonna lie. I said it earlier. I do feel like throwing out the news and just... Jamming to some tunes, some good old music. Just don't wanna be lonely. And I don't care if we share only moments a day. Just don't wanna be lonely. I'd rather be loved. Let's 
Thank you to my Clubhouse family. Thank you for rocking out with me every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. Thank you for coming to Coffee and Toe World News on the Go, where I read the news and we share our views. A little busy signal for ya. Sweet love. She get cast me no miser She starts in a phrase like the phantom synthesizer I go do man in her me arms, me squeeze her tighter I wanna give you some sweet love She starts in a phrase like the phantom synthesizer I go do man in her me arms, me squeeze her tighter I wanna give you some sweet love Thank you for that one, Business Signal. Time for us to go ahead and get back to business. It is time for... Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Look how I'm living now. Police be tripping now. Yeah. 
This is America. It is time for This is America. First story up, courtesy of CNN, a man spent 29 years in prison for a rape he did not commit. The survivor just helped free him. Ay, ay, ay. How many of these stories are we hearing about people being um, freed from jail for crimes they did not commit? A lot. I just watched one from another man today on TV this morning. Oh, Lord. 28 years. 28 years. Another black man? Another black man. Yeah. And that's the common thread, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. What, what, what did I tell you uh, a while back? Alpha, right, let me read the story, Alpha, before you start. <laughs> let, let me read this story. Let me read this story. All right. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think like Sonette. Believe you me, every time I see stories that make me cringe and, you know, you get angry and you try not to stay in that state, right? Um, yeah, I have to go back to what Sonette said. We always have to look for the silver lining. We have to learn how to look at the glass half full rather than half empty. We have to look for the good in every situation. So I'm going to try my best to keep it positive. All right. So CNN is reporting that after spending 29 years in prison for the rape of his stepdaughter, a New Orleans man is free thanks to the help of the local district attorney's office and testimony from the victim herself, who has insisted for 20 years that he is not the man who raped her. Hold on. Let me just go back. He, she insisted for 20 years that he is not the man who raped her. Patrick Brown was convicted of raping his six-year-old stepdaughter in 1994 after pleading not guilty in a trial which the victim did not testify. Instead, adults testified to what they believed she had said. That's according to a release from the Orleans Parish District Attorney's Office. Since 2002, the stepdaughter had repeatedly asked the DA's office under former administrations to review the case and prosecute the actual perpetrator. The office's Civil Rights Division opened an investigation into the victim's case, found that the evidence corroborated her account, and asked the court to rectify the case according to the release. The attorneys in the Civil Rights Division in Orleans Parish are the only prosecutors I have ever worked with in Louisiana who truly take the admonition to do justice seriously as evidenced by the fact that they listened to the victim in this case the first time she reached out instead of ignoring her like their predecessors did for more than 20 years. That's according to Kelly Orion. Orion directs the University of Virginia School of Laws, Decarceration, and Community Reentry Clinic. Although the right decision was reached on Monday, and there is no reason to celebrate it, and there is reason to celebrate rather, there will never, it will never make up for the pain, loss, and trauma that Mr. Brown, his stepdaughter, and their family have endured over the last three decades. Civil Rights Division Chief Emily Moss said she is hopeful that this will bring some closure to the victim and that she and Mr. Brown can move forward in healing. This victim has endured not just the deep trauma of child sexual assault, 
But the trauma of knowing the wrong man has been imprisoned for almost three decades while the man who raped her walked free. Brown was released from prison on Monday, immediately following the decision of the criminal district court delivered by Judge Calvin Johnson to to vacate his conviction. The victim was present and testified. The state is actively reviewing the viability of charges against the actual perpetrator. To say more on that at this time would not be prudent as it could jeopardize the case. Williams launched the Civil Rights Division in part to review cases of wrongful convictions and excessive sentences. The division has intervened in 284 cases since 2021, boasting an estimated $266 million in taxpayer savings on lifetime incarceration. That's according to the DA's office. Listening to and truly hearing survivors of sexual assault is a top priority in the office, Williams said. It is heart-wrenching to know that this woman was dismissed and ignored, no matter how inconvenient her truth, when all she wanted was for the real offender to be held responsible. Orleans Parish has 7.92 more exonerations per capita than the national average, the highest per capita rate among U.S. counties with over 300,000 people, and that's according to the National Registry of Exonerations. A 2022 report from the registry says innocent black Americans are seven times more likely than white Americans to be falsely convicted of serious crimes. An effort to overturn these wrongful convictions across the country has led to the creation of units like the Civil Rights Division in Orleans Parish, dedicated to preventing and remedying false convictions. The National Registry of Exonerations tracked 44 such units across the country with recorded exonerations as of June 2022. (sighs) Yeah, there is no silver lining when it comes to black people in America. So once we get out of that way, we better understand how via run and how for better um, deal with things, maneuver through the system. You see what I say? As Oma said, uh, uh, what, day before yesterday, this city system was put here <laughs> for a reason. A certain group of people always up on top while black people always at the bottom of people's shoes you see what i say and they are kicking like roaches again but Afro, hold on a second hold on a second hold on a second let's back up a second we can't say there's no silver lining we can't say that because if we go back to the story right it is not what we know the history all right we don't need to go down the road of history we know the history so let us the silver lining, well, for me at least, in this situation, they finally decided to listen. But not only that, they are finding they are finding more cases. And as they find more cases, they are now forced to review and to listen to people. The division that was created because of these atrocities a division was created so that's a silver lining that is something positive a division has been created to look specifically into these kind of cases they have intervened in 284 cases so we can't dismiss the silver lining at 
all. We have because if we dismiss it, what we're saying is that they have worked in vain, that it doesn't matter what they have been able to um, rectify. So we have to acknowledge it. We can't we can't say there is no silver lining at all. I just have to give it that pushback, Apple. Sorry. Oh, no, 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 to say that he saw him commit the crime. Lamar Johnson, and you when, said? Johnson? Lamar Johnson. And when they asked him specifically, you lied, even though you knew you were sending an innocent man to prison, why did you do that? And he said he felt he had no other choice and no one was going to listen to him. So for 28 years... Lamar Johnson has been in prison because of a lie that this person said he was forced to tell. But somewhere along the line, this person came out and decided that he was going to tell the truth. Now we know that there's several people in jail, not just us, mm -hmm. in jail for crimes we haven't committed. But now when they ask Lamar Johnson, how do you feel now that you've been exonerated? How do you feel toward this man? Mm -hmm. Do you have any animosity toward this man? And he said, at this time, I can't even think about the back. I'm just going to think about moving forward and happy that this has happened, that I'm able to get out. And he was able to walk his daughter down her. She was getting married. He was able to walk her down the aisle during the wedding. And... I don't know if he's just saying this for TV, but I guess what I want to say is there are people that are able to uh, forgive. It doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to forget because that's 28 years of his life. Mm -hmm. But if he is able to say, I'm going to put this stuff behind me and move forward, sometimes I think we all got to kind of um, gravitate toward that mindset because if not we're just going to stay in the dark mm -hmm. all the time mm -hmm. so i yield yeah thank you javet go ahead drew drew was it who was it was it drew or was it david drew it was, it was me okay my, my phone was there okay all right i was just gonna, i was gonna say it's it's okay to look at it as a silver lining but the the reason why I struggle with that is because I think I think you know certain certain things that have occurred in my life personally a certain thing um, because I don't have the answer I don't want to cheapen it by putting my own spin on and I'm mm -hmm. not saying that's what you're doing what I'm saying they they wouldn't be doing this if they hadn't got caught with their you know, pants down, so to say. Mm -hmm. And so now, now that they know that people know that there are people in there that aren't guilty or their cases need to be reviewed, it's, be, it's not that they didn't know this. It's just now that the public knows, now they're doing something about it. Now, could it be that that was the reason why that man went through that? I don't know. 
I don't know why these things happen, but I have to like the hard, the reason I have a hard time looking at it that way at times is because one thing that comes to mind, the people that have already gone on who have died Mm -hmm. injured, those who have been, um, sent to the, to the, you know, had death sentences put on them who were killed in jail. Um, the people who have been freed and still are scarred from what happened to them and they didn't do it and they can't really advance or they're finding it hard to advance because they have something on their record that they can't get expunged. It's those things that it's hard for me to look at. I don't know why these things happen. And so I think that's why people have a hard time seeing that silver lining because there is so much more to be done. So, Okay. Can I? Yes, go ahead, jump it. Oh no, David was going to oh, speak. Okay, I'll, okay. Go David, ahead, David. I'll, I'll speak afterwards. Thank you. You know, the Innocence Project, you know, which is a nonprofit, right, which focuses on helping people who have been imprisoned uh, and have been falsely imprisoned or you know under you know, suspicious circumstances, says that allegations of any kind of sexual assault of any kind is like the number one case. You know that they're always working on, right? So you know that's like at the top. That's at the top of the list for them, right? Right? Of the things that they're working on. And in the United States, uh, we seem to still have a problem with talking um, with talking about this particular subject matter. You know, as a country, because there is the other side where I say yes, there are people who are really victims, but sometimes the victims' advocacy groups, right, want to drown out the want to drown out actually having a little discussion about what happens to people when they're falsely accused. Like, you know, the guy Brian Banks, right, who was falsely accused by a girl he knew when he was in high school, right, right? And he spent five years in prison, right, right? Uh, and then, uh, you know, he was, he kind of, he, he almost had to lure her in, you know, to come into, you know, to, you know, to, to, you know after, after he got out, he lured her into a confession, and then, she got paid what two her you know her mother had sued the school district and she had got two million dollars so now she was keeping the lie up at least at the time because she didn't want to pay the money back. You think about um, uh, 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 I'm going to take it back to 2009. Think about what happened with the UVA situation, right? Which was and I'm just wasn't lying. Think about what happened uh, with the with the cover story for uh, Rolling Stone, you know, um, which ter- which which in which a woman claimed that she was you know gang assaulted by a fraternity on a campus, and it never happened, right? You know, you think about uh, a woman, another woman who had had a a let's say a group interaction with men that was consensual, but then got concerned that it might get out what she did because she was perceived to be the good you know the good girl on college campus, so she lied. Luckily, you know those men had filmed it filmed the stuff so the police got the chance to look at it and then forced her into saying you know forced her to actually come out and tell the truth right that it didn't happen but whenever we have these kind of discussions here they they can they tend to get drowned out we never really i'm not saying that people here don't but we never really talk about what is it for the people who have been victimized who've been falsely imprisoned or who have to go through this victimization it turns into well it's just going to make it harder for the real people and that's and that's where the focus should be but i think the focus should be on people who are victims, real victims, but also the people who have been victimized by the system, right, when they have not committed a crime. And this makes me wary when I sometimes see, this is one of the things I criticized Barack Obama for. In his administration, he put forth what was called a Dear Colleague letter. And the Dear Colleague letter 
friend, he didn't do it himself, but somebody that he had appointed put out a dear colleague letter, which said on a college campus that they could put together a campus tribunal of people. And if somebody made an accusation against you, right, you know, for sexual assault, they didn't have to, you know, you couldn't even cross-examine the person who was making the accusation. This is not a court, it's a campus thing. So just as the person said it, the likely the likelihood that you were going to be expelled from school, right, and being put out, right, was was, was pretty high to the point that there were over 120 different lawsuits against different universities right, and colleges in America over this. And this was like, why don't you just let the police do the investigation, let they come out, and you just look at the, the, the snowball effect of, of how it created a chilling effect on campus and how sometimes the way law enforcement and even just the way some people in society go about this is that we want to, we, we just, we have to understand, and I always say this, this is the thing I say, I say, if somebody makes an accusation, they need to be heard, it needs to be investigated, but just belief on belief's sake, I can't do that. So I'm going to say, I'm going to take it seriously. I'm not going to say that it didn't, could, could not happen, but I want to make sure we gather all the evidence and go through the proper process. So if we are going to be ended up in a position where somebody's going to be convicted, that we are doing the right thing and that we're not just doing it, you know, purely based on emotions or someone's word, because we know, especially as black people, someone's word could, do, could, could take you down. You wasn't, you wasn't even in Ohio. You was in Illinois, mm -hmm. but it'll still take you down. So I, th that's that's what makes me think about it with this topic. Oof. Thank, thank you, David. Thank you. Um, yes, Afo. Uh, yeah, go ahead. While, go ahead. Um, while I give thanks to the brothers and the sisters, um, you know what I mean, and anybody who will just uh, try to help the innocents, because my way are these um, uh, like groups or organizations where try to help free innocent people and stuff like that. So again, shout out to them, you know what I mean? And uh, yeah, respect to them, always. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it's still, it's, 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 it's still happening. Right. And time on, yeah, it's still happening, you know what I mean? So while them, you have a group of people who see what, what take place during the past and try to help um, right, right those wrong, even though they never have to, but them pick up the, the, the you know what I mean? I know then I do them thing and I help free these people. You know what I mean? Uh, in the day, it, it's still a happen. It, it's still a happen. You will see time and time again, 2020, 2021, 2022, 2023. It's still happening. People are getting sent to prison for things with them to do. People are getting shot down on the street. Uh, people, uh, um, you get beside the person, just because you're the person, a friend. You don't have nothing to do with the crime, you know. I your friend do everything, you know, and you are going to get a lengthy sentence and they may show, are, they may show the same case with a different person who is not black and, you know, the same tone because there are those videos, they're on YouTube, you can find them and send them to another link where these people commit the same crime or one coming, um, um, uh, uh, one more heinous than the next and the person who is not black get a slap on the wrist while the person who black I get the full blunt of the law. So them things are always are happening. They happen from them time them still are happening at the present and it seems like it's like a continent for happen based upon the system. And that is why I must say what I say. Mm -hmm. There's no silver lining when it comes to black people. As long as at the end of the day these people have them way, they're gonna continue to do what they do from decades 
uh, upon decades. You get me? I say so. Uh, I just wish I would. This is America, and I just would. We can try our best to just keep out uh, them them view. You know what I mean? And just always hope for the best. You know what I mean? Say uh, when I get we are nobody who we know. The family member, no friends, that get caught up in a, in a, in a them trap. Okay? Yes, that's all them do. Uh-huh. Yes, I mean? and, yes. And while I understand what Javed said as well, um, I say two moments. Um, um, say the 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 the, the other people get, um get caught up for things with them do too who are not black, but the majority, the majority, is appear us. black people. Us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Asshole. And at the end of the day, the solution, like you said. Try to make sure you stay out of the way the the best way you can, because, yes, we know that this is going to happen. But what I also wanted to say is that we also need to start maybe contributing to the Innocent Project. Yes. If you can contribute oh, by volunteer or if you can contribute monetarily so we can get more of our brothers and sisters out of incarceration. Yeah, my wife do it, man. You have the one with the missing project. Yeah. Uh, for see if missing, um, like black, uh, black women uh, uh, and black men were got missing. Uh, Cause you know them don't really care much. You know them have this white woman missing syndrome. But you know that go already. So um, there's this organization where them, the most they focus on everybody still, but um, the most they try to find like missing um, black people. So and so she What's the name of that one? Way. What's the name of that one? I have no idea. <laughs> I forgot Aksar. Yeah, ask her oh, and let us know. You can put it, give it to you. you know how to put it on the wall, right? You can put it on the coffin toe wall so people have access to that information. Oh, oh you do that again? Okay, so let me, let, let me see if I remember. So at the top of the page, at the top of your screen where you see coffee in toe, you tap on that. It's going to bring up the room. You're going to see everyone who is in the room. Just keep scrolling. And when right below where it says schedule next event, and there is a bubble that says say something, tap on that, and you can paste the link right there. And if we want to help or have a solution mindset, mm-hmm. start volunteering to all these organizations that will help us. Yes, yes. Thank you for saying that, Javet. So we recognize the problem. And we become solution oriented. And as Javet just said, we can volunteer our time. We can lend our voices as we do right here to provide solutions. Um, as Afo just highlighted uh, a site, a link that I was not aware of, um, the Innocent Project, we can post those links on our walls so that, you know, folks listening online will, the Innocent Project, dot, is it dot org or dot com? Um, I posted, I posted it oh, in there. Oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Right. So let me let me jump back to the wall. I moved away from it. So it is... Uh, am I blind? Why don't I see it there? Where did you post it, um, David? Where did you put it? Yeah, I put it... Uh, you know where it says say something? I posted it there. It says just now, innocenceproject.org. Okay. Okay. So... Thank you so much. Everyone listening online, if you want to volunteer your time or if it's funds, your expertise, um, if you've been through this and you want to serve um, as a mentor as to how to overcome the trauma, 
um, whatever capacity that you're able to serve in the innocentproject.org. Please get involved. Listen, we are a tree. A tree has many branches, right? We each serve a purpose. We each are armed with certain skill sets. I might not be one to be a therapist or, you know, but I might be one who can um, take you, pick you up and take you to, to various outlets, right? However we can serve, we are important. We're needed, all right? Because guess what? It could be any one of us at any day, on any given day, or a family member of ours, all right? So let's not oh. have the mindset, well, it ain't me, so it don't matter. It's us. It starts with us. All right, go right ahead, Javed. Sorry. I was going to say that. It, um, so in Texas, I guess they have locations in different areas as well. So don't let that stop you because we have an innocence project, an innocence project of Texas as well. So just check within your community and see where you can give back. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Javed. Thank you, David. Thank you, Afo. Thank you, everyone. Julie, put in the chat. Oh, yeah. I'm Call sorry. Black and missing. Black and missing. All right. Put it on the wall, yeah. please. Put it on the wall. So, because the beauty about it being on the wall is that we can go back to it for reference. All right. Um, Crystal says we cannot give up or give in to our oppression. Yes, that is so true. And Julie says, um, New York cares has amazing volunteer opportunities for new for her new york people so if you are up there in new york the tri-state area check out that one new york cares thank you geely if you are able to please put the link on the wall all right and if um, and real if, quick you can you can tell me if you're writing please hold on. Sorry sure about sure sure yes you did you did you did it's there. <laughs> All right. Appreciate you. Um, sharing is caring, folks. And this is how we build, as we say, and we will continue to say, this is how we build up our communities, build up each other. No man is an island. All right. Go ahead, Sean. Come on in. Sean, where are you? Sean just opened his mic. Uh okay so everything on the wall only stays there for 30 days okay thank you for letting me know crystal i didn't know that reading is fundamental they say right okay <laughs> okay sean were you gonna say something before i move on no i opened by accident okay <laughs> all right not a problem okay so in our next story former police officer admits to felony assault on black man after george floyd murder story story courtesy of npr in 2020, Jalil Stallings was charged with attempted murder after shooting at police officers in Minneapolis, Minneapolis, I hope I said it right, during protests over George Floyd's death. At the time, Stallings has said he assumed his life was over. But a jury believed Stallings when he said he fired in self-defense and that the officers had assaulted him. And police body camera and surveillance videos bolstered his account and undermined the official version of events. Now, one of those officers has admitted his own guilt in court and apologized to Stallings. What just happened? 
Former Minneapolis police officer Justin Stetson pleaded guilty on Wednesday to a felony assault charge and a gross misdemeanor charge of misconduct of a public officer or employee. In court, the white officer said he crossed the line on May 30, 2020, when he repeatedly kicked and hit Stallings, who is black. With the admission, Stetson will not be able to work in law enforcement in Minnesota again. But Stallings has criticized the plea deal, saying it doesn't go far enough to hold Stetson accountable and prevent similar behavior. Prosecutors, uh, hold on one second. Okay, here we go. Prosecutors say they will not seek prison time for Stetson when he is sentenced in August. Instead, they want him to undergo two years of supervised probation. As the innocent victim in this case, I will have served more jail time as a result of this incident than all of those officers combined. Stallings said that as he objected to the plea deal. Minnesota Attorney General Keith Ellison acknowledged the ordeal Stallings was forced to endure, as well as what he called an unjust trial and time in jail. But he also said Stetson's acknowledgement of wrongdoing is historic. Rarely, if ever, do police officers plead guilty to using excessive force in the line of duty. And today, Stetson has admitted he did so under color of his official authority in violation of the law. In his plea, Stetson acknowledged participating in a harmful institutional culture of policing in the Minneapolis Police Department. Hmm. You see, when you can't sleep at night, yeah, 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 <laughs> your conscience will kill you. You have no choice but to confess. And it is indeed historic for a police officer to come forward and admit his wrongdoing and attributes his wrongdoing to what we already know, a harmful institutional culture culture folks an institutional culture that is harmful in the minneapolis police department but not only in the minneapolis police department it is nationwide now in having a conversation i think it was with with marlon the other day um the unfortunate thing is that this can happen to you in one state and you can go to another state and work with the police with another police department It should be that once you have violated and committed atrocities against human beings, you should not be able to work in any police department across the country, period. That, I think, would be a step in the direction to creating or having some sort of resolution and fixing the unjust system. Because if I know that as a police officer, I can do something wrong in the Miami, in my, if I, let's say I am with the Miami-Dade Police Department and I commit a crime and I know that, you know, okay, whatever happens, happens. I can move to Tennessee and I can be employed there. Yeah, there's nothing to stop me. So am I being rehabilitated by force? No, I'm allowed to carry on. Some people who are incarcerated cannot get jobs in certain fields, period. 
no matter what, no matter where they go in the country. So shouldn't it be the same for police officers? What are your thoughts on that? Agreed. That's how we start to do a reform of the police system. So with him making this statement, with him identifying the reason for him participating in the behavior, is this going to force police departments across the nation to act, to change the way they police? Are they going to do that? Or are they going to wait for something like this to happen, to come to their doorstep? Hmm? Now, I'm not seeing any report of where he is suing. I hope there's a lawsuit coming. We don't need to ask for um, Congress to defund the police. They'll defund themselves, quite frankly. Lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit. We have to continue to hit the, these people where it hurts, in their pockets, where, where taxpayers get frustrated, <laughs> right? They, they'll get frustrated like, listen, damn it, man, I keep paying my state taxes, and this is what we're doing, just keep, we keep shelling it out because you don't know how to act. You don't know how to use your common sense to deviate to, you know, you don't have to uphold the unjust policies. Okay. Can I say something? Yeah, sure, Crystal. Go right ahead. The police are not funded by taxpayers. How are They're they funded? funded? By municipal bonds. You need we need to start putting our money into those bonds. And so when there's problems, we can take our money out hmm. and say we're not funding those. They're not funded by taxpayers. We, we have to be more educated on that part because we don't know. We think we're paying them. We don't pay them. That's what we were. Well, that's what I was made to believe. Well, thank you for clarifying that. So let me look. You say municipal bonds. Go, go ahead. I think someone yeah. opened their mic. Okay. I'm sorry. Each city, each state has them. Um, each area they have their have miss. I can say the word again, but you know what I mean. Yes. They have those bonds, and you look them up. You look it up, and start putting your money into that. And so then you can say, I I pay I pay your bills. I, I fund you. And then you also need. We need to hold the mayors accountable for what they're saying and what they're not doing. We don't hold the mayors accountable. If if the police department is rogue, we need to t let the mayor know we're not going to vote for you again. You you're you're out. We want we want you out. I forgot what you call it, but you know what I mean. Okay, so I'm glad you brought up this thing about municipal bonds, Crystal. So I jumped online. How do municipal bonds work? By purchasing municipal bonds, you are in effect lending money to the bond issuer in exchange for a promise of regular interest payments, usually semi-annually, and the return of the original investment or principal. A municipal bonds maturity date may be, let me click on here and get the rest of it, um, 
a municipal bond's maturity date, the date when the issuer of the bond repays the principal, may be years in the future. Short-term bonds mature in one to three years, while long-term bonds will not mature for more than a decade. So, um, according to Google here, I'm seeing issue national, you have 10-year, 20-year, and 30-year municipal bonds. So, you can go, if you don't want to tap your money for 10 years, 20 or 30 years, um, as of today, the interest rate on a 10-year bond is 2.3%, on a 20-year bond, 3.15%, and on a 30-year bond, 3.35%. So, interesting. Um, what means? Uh, you remember Alco Wai about me telling us, oh, but I watch a video on, on this guy, I'm even show the documents and everything. Uh, but I forgot to ask him, can't find out the financial, but him tell her where the police them get their money from and that every, like, every state do it uh where them put aside money for the police station them so when yes. lawsuits and stuff yes you know what i mean massimo can't find but the, the, the video and so on you can look up the docu- documents and kind of more to them put them like in you know, the description part on youtube so you can look them up for yourself so massimo can't find about the video and, and um share it with them and you can't you can, um share it and stuff like that all right thank you Apple. thank you crystal and i have to go to drew's comment in the chat uh, Drew says, I don't want to pay them, period, if they have to pay for protection. Is it protection? They are government agencies, aren't they? And that's a, uh, yeah. Yeah, why should we have to invest in municipal bonds to pay them? I would think that in in all the taxes that we pay, whether it is out of our income checks or when we go to the cash register, you would think it would come out of that pool of funds. He who controls the purse controls the strings. <laughs> Wake up moments. Yep. Hmm. Well, bring them out. Bring them out. Who, sing, who, did, who did that song again? Who was it? You know, the beginning well, of the Swiss Beats. Or Jay Z. Bring them out. Bring them out. Yeah, keep bringing them out. <laughs> bring them out one by one and guess what because there's a shift happening it's something you can feel right you feel it there's a shift happening and because there's this shift happening some people will say the ancestors are working and working real hard that's why we're feeling this shift with the shift that is happening, we're going to see more things coming to the forefront. You realize everything is being uncovered? Everything? Everything. From the top to the bottom, everything is being uncovered. The injustices that we've had to endure up to today's date, everything is being uncovered. So I always say, get your popcorn, folks. It's showtime. Yeah, morning everyone. Hey James. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so the thing is, like, it's been uncovered, but um, the old ones are being uncovered, and new, <laughs> new ones are are being perpetrated every day. That's the thing. Yep. And I think we have to be very intentional as a group of people. You know, like, <laughs> I'm doing I'm doing some research. Um, I, 
you know, we spoke. I spoke about um, segregated community quite a few times, right, on this platform. So I'm actually doing some research now. So here in Toronto, as I said, we have quite a few. People don't look at it and see it that it's segregated, but it is. So, for example, um, there's an area called Brampton. Um, when you go, when you drive to to that area, it's like you drive out of Canada and you drive into India, right? Because about seventy five percent of the population there are Indians, um, particularly like Sikh, um, and no black person, no white person, no other race can win anything in that era in terms of politically. Like you have a hard time to win because they control everything in that era. I would say 90% of the representatives are Indians. They have their community center. A lot of times it's even in their own languages. I went to another section that's called Markham. It's, it's a, a Chinese community. You go there, you say Chinese church with Chinese language, Chinese community center, um, Chinese people representing politically in that era. All of these areas that I'm talking about, they have community center. Um, I, I'm not sure how much government contribute to it, but the bulk of it, they are, the, they are the ones like business people in the community fund these projects. You have another area that's a predominantly Jewish area Mo, like pretty much all the schools in that area, um, it's like Jew, um, Jewish schools. When you walk in that area, like you see the Orthodox Jew, like walking about doing their thing. You have another area that's a predominantly Filipino area. So what I'm saying is that um, a lot of these things, like in these areas that I'm telling you about, no other representative can represent. They represent themselves. Politically, they, they have someone that they put up there. They fund everything in community centers, church. Um, here now, we have a little Jamaica. But the problem is, no Jamaicans live in little Jamaica. <laughs> so how is it little Jamaica if no Jamaicans live in little Jamaica? No, be because, because what happened in the, in the 60s, a lot of Jamaicans used to live there. But most of them didn't buy property. They operate business and stuff there. And I, I talked to this guy, that a Jamaican guy that opened the first Jamaican jewelry store in Canada 30, 38 years ago. And he had that store for 38 years and he didn't even buy the property. So what happened now, like their children get educated, buy properties and move out. And the area is recognized um, as Little Jamaica because that's the, the first area where Jamaicans settled, but they did not plant any roots there. Why didn't they do that? Because we think different. We're waiting on government to do everything for us. That's the thing. So whose fault is that? Our fault. That's why I'm okay. saying that we need to we need to we need to be intentional. And a lot of people talk about it like in America too, like all of these big basketball players, entertainers, like as soon as they make their millions, they move out into white communities. So because we're so spread and divided as a people, there's no impact. We're waiting on government to open community centers, we are waiting on government to, to be proactive on the, on behalf of us, but we have to take we have to take it in our own hands and do it because all the other groups are doing it, you know. So that's the point. All the other groups are doing it. So, you know, we can learn from, you know, the Jewish people. We can learn from, 
you know, the, the, the Chinese, the, the Indians, whatever, like they are working together as a people. And that's what we need to do. Okay. All right. Someone else has another think, comment. Yeah. Go ahead, Dre. Yeah. Dre, then David. So I think one of the issues, I, I don't know about Canada, but um, in the United States is a lot of the, the racial blockage that we have um, here in the States. So like, say, for instance, if you go to New York, right, you know, Flatbush is predominantly Caribbean, right? And you see Jamaican restaurants and you see all of those stuff, right? And people buy houses there and stuff. But to literally start a business, buy homes and the redlining and all different kind of things, it, it, it doesn't work out a lot of time for the black people because we can't get the loans like the Indians and the other people um, to start a business, to buy the house. There's just so many red tapes along the way for us to like really, I mean, we're divided as a people, but there's so many red tape when trying to get our community together. You know, it's not as easy for us. You know, that's something you have to look at. I don't know much in Canada, but in the United States, it's, it's, it's a total different ball game when trying to obtain a lot of stuff. And, and because we can't obtain anything, those community, the people who have the money, they won't stay. They're going to leave because if you can't obtain wealth in a community, you're going to get run down and the violence. See what happened to Nipsey Hussle, right? So the violence and things like that, some people get money, they leave. They don't stay to build up back the community. So those are some of the stuff you have to look at too. All right, okay. go ahead. Uh, hold on one second, Donald. Go ahead, David, then Donald. It's the D's. It's the D. It's the D. It's Day. Go ahead, David. You know, um, yeah. Uh, you know, I say this. Uh, I'll say this to you uh, from an Amer at least from an American context uh, uh, of the subject matter. Look, most people in America, regardless of their background, when they when they get money, uh, uh, they are going to tend to move to a community uh, where they live at, right? You know, where people are in the same social economic income bracket, right? Right, and uh, you know, that really started way back when they first developed the first suburban areas as a way of, of uh, taking uh, the white population and separating them, uh, you know, from the blacks and anybody else. It started, it started with that idea, that creation of that experiment. But as we arrive at today, most people are going to move into, into those areas. Even, even, the, even the people who are Asian American and Pacific Islander in California or the Latino people in California, you know, where I live at, are going to move into, you know, certain neighborhoods, or they're going to move into certain communities, right? Right. It's it for us in America. It has now become the American way. The difference is the one thing you'll notice is like like for instance, if you go to the Chinatowns, there's two in the Bay Area, one in, in Oakland, one in San Francisco. Most of the people that live in those Chinatowns are people with a, with money, right? Right. Yes, they might own some businesses, but they ain't really making the kind of money that people think they're making, right? They don't. So they are reliant, for example on uh, people from the home country, right, you know, who have money, you know, to present, you know, to bring money over. They are reliant on people when they arrive in the country, right, to shift them around to different parts, of, to different places, like whether it's in the Midwest or whether it's on the East Coast or anywhere, to have them work low income jobs at the restaurants that we like to tend to go to or different kinds of or, or dry cleaners and things like that. And then, they, and then for many of those people, they put, not everybody, but for a lot of them, 
they put their energy into their children. So they're still working hand and foot, right? A lot of them are renting places. They're not owning property either, right? You know, here in America, they're, they're working hand and foot. It's their children that end up being able to have uh, whatever benefits, right? You know, you know, you know, come from uh, whatever the struggles that the parents have been in. I grew up around these people all my life, right? You know, to have the struggle, they benefit, they benefit from them. So they are, even in America, you know, uh, in the United States, it isn't like uh, the other groups are quote unquote all together and we're not all together. We're just not together. They're not all together either. Right. Right. It's, 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 it's just maybe a slightly different way, but in terms of African-Americans, you know, particularly in America, I focus on this. I think Atlanta is a great example of what happens and it still has like no, no community is ever going to have a hundred percent of their people being middle-class, upper-class or whatever. Right. Right. It's just, you know, it's just the reality of the world. Right. Nobody does. Right. Not even white people do. Right. Uh, but if you look at Atlanta as a as, as a wonderful model, you know, um, after Tulsa, Oklahoma, right? They've, you know, you go to Atlanta, you can do business all with black people, no matter what you wanted to do, right, right, right. And I often think that what we need to do is that we need to take a look at the Atlanta model, right? What happened in Atlanta, right, right? What is the history of how, of how Atlanta arrived at where it was today, right? Where you have more than half of the businesses being owned by black people, you know, in the city at all different kinds of levels, and how we can kind of replicate that in the modern world. Because like somebody else said, uh, the guy from Canada said, I said here, I'm sorry, the government is not coming to save us. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, to the, I, say that, I say this, I'm sorry to the black people who think that they're not coming to save us, right? Uh, they're not going, to, not going to do it. So we got to so we got to get over this. So, we, so and I, I'm being honest here, you got to stop getting with these folks who, who, who tell you, you know, you know, when we talk about, you know, when we talk about reparations, right, you know, for African-American people, or just reparations in general as a topic, right? When you talk about that, you have other people, and I'm not people, people outside of the community, right? And they'll be like, well, yeah, we need universal health care and, and this thing. And, but they'll tell you, they'll tell you universal health care is realistic, but you get a reparations and unrealistic. I say, well, that's about as realistic. <laughs> if you consider that unrealistic, that's the same thing, right? So they'll always be pointing to all these other things that always seem to benefit them. Not you. So, so all all that they look at for us, I say this in close. All they're looking at at it, at it for us is they're just looking at us saying we're going to throw you some more. You know, you know they think they they think for them, you know the R word for them is affirmative action, right? The R word for them is 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 welfare programs. That's what they think the R word. The R word for them. Let me keep it real. The R word for them is they gave us Barack Obama for president. What are you complaining about, right? Right. So I'm saying the government isn't going to save us. But we can use the government to make sure that our rights are being protected and our access to capital and all the things that we need to be able to help lift our communities up is there. So that's, that's what I want to say on that. All right. Thank you so much, David. Uh, Donald, before you go, I want us to think about this question. What is it that we have as a community that other communities need from us? What do we have to provide that other communities need from us that they will be forced to come and get from us. Go right ahead, Donald. Well, um, the point I was going to make was well covered by two previous speakers, but just to address the question you just posed, we have one of the biggest spending power. Everybody strive for the money we spend. We spend a lot of money with other communities and we do not spend that money amongst ourselves mm -hmm. all right so economic power what else do we have that they need from us 
that if we lock it off, they can't survive. What else do we have? Our, our culture. Our culture pretty much feed almost, well, feed North America, right? Okay. So that's our spending power and our culture. What else do we have to export that they have? You know, like how they have to go into Africa to get some things because Africa holds the majority of what they need. What do we have? What else do we have that they need from us? And without it, they can't survive. They need commodities, right? They need they need the minerals. They need the they need all the sort of. I mean, people don't realize this, but we have yet to fully tap into the resources that the continent of Africa has, right? Right, right. right? They need that stuff. So if we put that stuff on lock, right, 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 then you know, then you know, and people are gonna have to come to the negotiation table in a very different way, right? You know, trying to get access to this. So, so you know, the continent. When we say Africa is a rich continent, it is, it is, it is a, it is a rich continent with, with, with a lot of gems and golds and diamonds. And using that metaphorically speaking, waiting to be mined, right, right. But we just have to take control of it. All right. So let us think of ourselves in the U.S. now. What do we have in the U.S. that they need from us besides our culture and besides our money? What else do we have that they need from us in North America? What else? That's the, that's pretty much the only thing. That's the in, only in, thing in we North have. America. Yeah, that's we it. don't have anything really tangible, but the spending power is is enormous. So, okay. Yeah, if we cut off the, the, the spending power and start spending... Uh, within ourselves, um, amongst ourselves, it would cripple them. So they need us. And how many times have I said that right here on Coffee and Toe? One more thing, moments. We have the power to decide the government. Okay. Whoever yes. we vote with as a block would be the government. Mm -hmm. We don't utilize it, however. True. We literally hand it to the Democrats for free. True. Because a lot of time they don't represent us, to tell the truth. So what are we going to do? We recognize that we, we have the economic power. And guess what? The Chinese rely on us. The Arabs rely on us. The Jews rely on us. You recognize that? The Indians rely on us. So why can't we rely on ourselves? Go right ahead. Yeah, moments. One one of the group that I didn't mention are the Nigerians. Um, they don't necessarily have like a segregated Nigerian community like that's visible. But as I said, like I'm doing I'm doing some studies. You know, I'm I'm planning to put some stuff together. But I'm getting some information on what I've learned. Like last week, this was very surprising to me. Is the Nigerian community is like they have this kind of similar to what the jewish community have they have like a ghost investment so it's similar to shark tank right so i met these two two nigerian guys two weeks ago that they were going to this um to to present to, to pitch some investment so they go into this um that's funded by nigerian like billionaires ghost investors and you pitch you pitch your business idea and they decide whether they're going to come on board or not so i know in america like if you go to a lot of the nigerian weddings you wonder where these people get money from what i'm realizing now is this thing is it's almost like a, their best kept secret 
but they have that going for them too. And I believe that, you know, and I know the Chinese because even in here too, the Chinese, I know the Chinese Asians, the Asians, the, if you just bottle them up, the Asians do it. Go right ahead. Well, I, I, I'm talking about what I know about. I know about the Chinese government and I know about Chinese investors. Because I think I told you the other day that um, I have a friend that works in real estate and there's like um, about eight buildings they're, they're building um, in a place called Vaughan in, 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 in Toronto. And the guy said like two of the properties, they're about 400 units. Two of the properties, so that's 800 combined. And he said like one investor bought half of both of them a Chinese investor. So yeah, like, you know, these people are funding their, their people. Like I know the Jamaican government like do stuff like with um the the Jamaican Canadian Association, but you know, not at the same level. But these people, like Jewish people, billionaires, whether in Israel or in in, in, in Canada, they're they're funding small businesses and, and they're helping each other. And I think, you know, we we, we can do our research and we can we can look at what because sometimes we criticize other groups and say that they're prejudiced and they're this or that, but there are a lot of stuff that we can learn from these groups. They employ their own people first. That's not prejudice. That's not racist. They're, they're looking out for each other. Mm -hmm. We mm -hmm. don't do that. So that's why we see it as prejudice, you know? Yep. So we need to learn from them. <laughs> All right. So let us... Oh, Donald. Okay, one more comment, Donald, and then we got to keep going. Go right ahead. As I, as I always say, we have to start from forums like these to find the synergies amongst ourselves. Mm -hmm. And then let's know what everybody do, what you have for sale, what business you're into, what your expertise are. Yes, see how we can utilize it amongst ourselves. Let's start making money from these groups that we have. It would not happen on a global scale. We have to start to work with each other to make, we don't have to make the millions to start, but let us start doing it together. We cannot see okay, black people need to do this. Um, we are black people. Let yep. us start doing it. Let's find a way to do it. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to say this and wrap up and move on. I didn't realize the time had gone so quickly. But Dre, you said it's all about economics. If we follow the Maynard Jackson model, he pushed for black business development in Atlanta. We need to start owning more for our community, whether we live there or not. The Jews and Asians literally own the businesses in the black community. So in Atlanta, when we were living there, when we moved there, there wasn't a heavy presence of the Korean community. Not at all. We were there for eight years, roughly. Okay? Hmm. Within those eight years, you can practically say they took over a part of Gwinnett County. They pooled their resources. They opened their own banks, pooling their own resources, not just from the, the Asians, and uh, the Asians include the Chinese, the Koreans, and everybody, okay? They pooled their resources, not just from within Atlanta, but as far north as Maryland and going across to California. Because what they did is recognized that they have to do it themselves because nobody is saving them. So they worked together. They acknowledge, believe it or not, they acknowledge what the civil rights movement has done. And they accredit their success to the civil rights movement because it opened the doors for them to be able to set up shop. But they're not waiting on anybody. 
So they pool all their resources and they have something called patience. And I'm not saying they're perfect. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that. We're talking about a model. Right? But they pool their resources and they move from one to the other. And that is why after two years, you will walk into a nail shop and not see the same people. You can have the same name, but not the same people. And they're not telling you that the people have moved to another city, but that's what they do. They keep moving and they set up everybody and each one set up each other. And that's how they keep within themselves. They will never hire somebody who ain't Vietnamese or whatever to come into that nail shop. They ain't doing it to the point that was just made. You gotta take care of your own charity starts at home support your own and i know i've said that over and over and over again all right real quick so the mom oh lord have mercy don't want to talk about this fool but we got to talk about this fool <laughs> anybody watched the um town hall please <laughs> ain't nobody got time for that <laughs> ain't nobody got time for that frackinackle <laughs> the person who was at the Capitol that day, as you know, was your vice president, Mike Pence, who says that you endangered his life on that day. I don't do think he feel, was in any danger. Mr. President, do you feel that you owe him an apology? No, because he did something wrong. He should have put the votes back to the state legislatures, and I think we would have had a different outcome. I really do. But he doesn't have the authority to do that, as you know. What? The vice president does not have the authority to okay, reject those elections. Are you ready? Let's have this one results. out just now, because it's interesting. Let's keep it interesting, right? <laughs> I like Mike Pence very much. He's a very fine man. He's a very nice man. He made a mistake. His lawyer said, you cannot move. I called him the human conveyor belt. I said, even if the votes, you mean, I talked to his lawyer, even if the votes are absolutely fraudulent, he can't say, yes, sir, he can't say, but, and the Democrats played it, and the rhinos played it. And then the election was over. They told him he couldn't do it. And Mike said to me, I can't do it. The lawyers told me he can't do it. They can't do it. But the lawyers were wrong. Because right after the election, they all met, the rhinos and the Democrats, and they worked out a plan to make sure that future vice presidents don't do what I said you could do. That's not what happened. You're referring to the Electoral Count Act. That's I've exactly read right. I've read that. There is there is no authority. No, legal experts, me. including Republican legal experts, say that he does not have that authority, Mr. Caitlin, President. But I want to Why did on. they change the law then saying that you can't do it? They didn't change the law, they strengthened the law because they were worried about oh, presidents they exploiting. It, meaning you could do it. <laughs> Thank that's, you. that's not what it means. Thank you. They strengthened the Mike law. Mike had they were the right worried. to do it. They uh, convinced him he didn't, and it was a horrible thing for our country. If you would have sent those votes back to Georgia, Pennsylvania, and other states, Wisconsin, which if you look at Wisconsin, they virtually admitted now that the election was rigged. If they you would have, have sent those that, votes back to many of those states, they would not come back in the affirmative. And remember <laughs> what I said, and you just said it pretty much, you admitted what I said was right. They said not. he didn't have the right to do it. And he did have the right to do it, and that's why they changed the law, taking that right away. I should note that your campaign paid for a recount that happened in Wisconsin. It actually had more votes for President Biden by the end of it. Hold on. You did not testify in person in this trial. There was a tape deposition of you from October in it. You defended the comments that you made on that excess Hollywood tape about being able to grab women how you want. Do you stand by those comments? I said, if you're famous and rich or whatever I said, but I said, if you're a star, uh, you are, and I said, women let you. I didn't say you grip, I said women let. You know, you didn't use that word, but if you look, women let you. 
Now, they said, will you take that back? I said, look, for a million years, this is the way it's been. I want to be honest, this is the way it's been. I can take it back if you'd like to, but if you're a famous person, if you're a star, and I'm not referring to myself, I'm saying people that are famous, people that are you stars, were asked in the deposition, people that are rich, to be a star people that are powerful, yes. uh, they tend to do pretty well in a lot of different ways, okay? And you would like me to take that back? I can't take it back because it happens to be true. I said it's been true for one million years, approximately a million years, perhaps a little bit longer than that. So you stand by those comments? Well, I don't want to lie. Mr. Oh, President, we have what, a lot of questions. Here's what she wants Mr. President, to say. Let's a get to the audience question tonight. A rich and famous person has no advantage over anyone else. Well, you do have an advantage. And I say unfortunately, but that's the way it is. You said fortunately or unfortunately. Well, for Another one. Her question is, would you continue to give Ukraine money and weapons if you're elected? What's uh, the answer? I have a very good relationship with uh, President Zelensky because, as you know, he backed me up with the, with the phony uh, impeachment, impeachment hoax number one, when he said, the president didn't do anything wrong. So that was I when you asked like, him for an investigation So I happened to like, yeah, that's weapons. right. And it, it was, I was totally exonerated, by the way, just a waste of time and money. You were impeached over that. You were impeached over that, but let's stay on topic here, Mr. President, because the question is, would you give Ukraine weapons and funding? I was impeached by a crazy woman named Nancy but Pelosi. But the question here is, would you give Ukraine weapons and funding if you were elected? I would sit down. Let, let me just put it a nicer way. Uh, if I'm president, I will have that war settled in one day, 24 hours. How would you settle that war in one day? Because I'll meet with Putin. I'll meet with Zelensky. They both have weaknesses and they both have strengths. And within 24 hours, that war will be settled. It'll be over. It'll be absolutely over. Do you over. want Ukraine to win this war? Uh, I don't think in terms of winning and losing. I think in terms of getting it settled so we stop killing all these people and breaking down this, this country. Now, what do you, can I just follow up on that? You said you don't think in terms of winning and losing. You have Mr. to get President, Europe. can I just follow up on that? Because that's a really important excuse statement me, let me that just you just made up. there. Can you say if you want Ukraine or Russia to win this war? I want everybody to stop dying. They're dying. Russians and Ukrainians. I want them to stop dying. And I'll have that done. I'll have that done in 24 hours. I'll have it done. You need the power of the presidency to do it. But you but won't say that you want Ukraine to win. You, you know what I'll you say? In, I'll say this. I want Europe to put up more money because they're in for 20 billion. We're in for 170, but and they should an be. And they should the equalize. War. They have plenty of money. They should equalize. I got with NATO but when I sat down. I got them right to now, put up Mr. hundreds President. of billions of dollars that they weren't paying under Obama and Bush. And all of these other presidents, that's why they're, they're able to help them fight the war, because of the money I got. But, but I want Europe what's to, happening in Ukraine, excuse me, Mr. I President. want Europe to put up more money, because they're laughing at us. They think we're a bunch of jerks. We're spending $170 billion for faraway land, and they're right next door to that land, and they're in for 20. Uh, the former president, Donald Trump, had a lot to say tonight. Many, many of the things he said, of course, were abjectly false, a torrent of falsehoods even from the get-go. Uh, CNN Sarah Murray joins us now. Her job tonight is fact-checking. Um, so, uh, Sarah, I'm not going to ask you to fact-check everything he said that was false because we only have uh, a couple more hours. Uh, but but what, what strikes you? 
Well, you know, look, I think one of the things off of the top was that we heard uh, former President Trump again say the election was rigged and talk about ballot stuffing. And look, the reality is the election was not rigged. Biden won by more than 7 million votes. And that ballot stuffing claim, that was also bogus. Here is Trump's false claim on this tonight. A lot of the people in this audience, and maybe a couple that don't, but most people uh, understand what happened. That was a rigged election, and it's a shame that we had to go through it. Can you publicly acknowledge that you did lose the 2020 let election? Me, let me just go on. If you look at True the Vote, they found millions of votes on camera, on government cameras, where uh, they were stuffing ballot boxes. So with all of that, I think it's a shame that uh, what happened, I think it's a very sad thing for our country. Now, there is just no basis for this claim. It is a lie. We have heard Trump claim before that there was ballot stuffing by election workers in Georgia. It has been debunked, including by Republican election officials in Georgia. There is no sign any illegality like this occurred on a large scale. And multiple former Trump officials, including Trump's own former attorney general, Bill Barr, have said there was not sufficient fraud to change the outcome of the 2020 election, Jake. Yeah, and that True the Vote group is a group of unserious right-wing activists. It is not right. some sort of uh, objective election <laughs> board. Um, it, it's amazing to hear them cited as some sort of source. Um, oh. Trump also claimed uh, he offered to send troops to the Capitol on January 6th, but uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi uh, turned him down. I, I don't think that's true. Sarah? No, not the case. I mean, Trump has tried to blame former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi for the violence on January 6th. He's falsely claimed he ordered the National Guard to the Capitol. So here's Trump's attempt to rewrite history tonight. Chris Miller wrote a book, and he's a fantastic guy, and he was ready to go. They turned him down. If you look, the mayor of Washington, D.C., lovely lady, she said, we don't want it. We don't like the look. Nancy Pelosi said, oh, we don't like the look. If they would have had just, I offered them 10,000 soldiers. I said, it could be 10, it could be more, but I offered them specifically 10,000 soldiers. If they would have taken 500 soldiers, you wouldn't have had the problem. They turned it down. Here is the reality. The House Speaker is not in charge of Capitol Security. That's the Capitol Police Board, which oversees the Capitol Police and at the time of the riot would have approved requests for National Guard assistance. And here is former acting Defense Secretary Chris Miller telling the January 6th committee that he was never given an order by Trump to have 10,000 troops ready to go to the Capitol on January 6th. To be crystal clear, there was no direct order from President Trump to put 10,000 troops to be on the ready for January 6th. Correct? No. Yeah, you're, that's correct. There was no direct, there was no order from the president. So, Jake, as you can see, these claims by Trump about January 6th, also false. It was an interesting night. Uh, Mr. Trump's first lie was told just seconds into the night with his false familiar claim that the 2020 election was, quote, a rigged election. And the falsehoods kept coming fast and furious about the January 6th insurrection, about the threat to Vice President Pence, about Pence's ability to overturn the election, about COVID, about the economy and more. He called a black law enforcement officer a thug. He said people here in Washington, D.C. at Chinatown don't speak English. He attacked Caitlin as a nasty woman because she was trying to get him to answer a question. Perhaps most chillingly, the day after a nine-person jury of his peers in New York found him liable for sexual battery and defamation and ordered him to pay writer E. Jean Carroll, $5 million, he made fun of her account of her sexual assault. And many in the audience laughed. Let me start with you, Dana. Um, we don't have enough time to fact check every lie he told. 
Uh, but he started off with the election one, and boy, he really just never let that bone go. And it's pretty clear the evidence is now out there uh, that he is going to continue to tell that lie, not just to the audience where he has an echo chamber, uh, conservative media, but unbiased, uh, straight down the middle media. The people he, he's trying to get beyond his base now saw and heard that this is something that he will not let go of the 2020 election lies. And Caitlin pushed him on the fact that the evidence does not support what he said on the fact that many of his own uh, uh, former attorneys, former aides uh, have now said that. And he's he's not letting it go. And that is something that was very much on display for the entire country and the entire world to see. And I have one last video. Anderson, eight people were with. They were in the audience. What they also have in common is none of them have voted in the past for either Joe Biden or Hillary Clinton. Six of them voted for Donald Trump in the past. One didn't vote in the past two elections. One was too young to vote. But that's what they have in common, that most of them are Trump supporters. What I want to ask you first of all is, do you think, show of hands, anybody think Donald Trump looks better after this town hall? No hands Anybody raised. Think he looks worse. No hands raised. Maybe you think the same thing about him as you did when you walked in. All hands raised. First thing I want to ask you about Donald Trump, we have to be blunt about it, is not a truth teller. That's the way he's always been when he was a businessman, when he's been a politician. He has lied about the 2020 election, stuffed ballot boxes, it's all made up. He's lost dozens of court cases. Does it bother you that he keeps talking about 2020 and not 2024? I'll ask you first. This is Jonathan Leslie. He's 40, Republican, voted for Trump twice. How do you feel about those lies? So I feel like part of it's also the media narrative, as you guys asked him the first question at the town hall about the 2020 election, rather than current stuff. So don't you think he could say it's time for me to start talking about 2024 and not lies that aren't true? Couldn't the media ask him a question about 2024? Well, there were questions, but you're right. That was the first thing, but that's something that was on our mind. And that's why I was asked first. Mike McLaughlin, he's 21. He is undeclared, which is what you do in New Hampshire if you want to be independent. But he voted for Trump in 2020. Mike, same thing to you. What do you feel about Trump continuing to talk about those mistruths from 2020? Personally, I'm getting tired of hearing about it. I'm very much more so interested in the problems that we face now. And I would prefer to hear him discuss the present issues more so than going to the past. 65-year-old Stephen Farnsworth, Republican, voted for Trump twice. Your opinion about that? Well, I think that he's, uh, he, he's committed to it. That's what he feels. That's what he thinks. Well, do you and think he thinks that, or do you think he, well, he th just keeps saying it to try to will it for people like you to believe no, it? No, I think he actually thinks it. You do? No, he may. Even though he keeps losing no, in the courts over and over no. again. He does say what's on his mind. Okay. Do you, do you think so? That um, it was... That it was yeah. I'll, a rigged election? I'll abstain. You'll abstain? Okay. All right. The next person <laughs> on our list, 64-year-old, and you don't mind me saying your age, Cindy Oning, do you? Not at all. Okay. We were joking about that For at least before. one more month. Yeah. She's a Republican. She didn't vote the past two presidential elections. How come you didn't vote, A, and B, what do you feel about the continuation of these lies about 2020? You know, I don't know what's a lie anymore, but I think there needs to be a new narrative. And what's the new narrative? Current, current situations that are you know, involving all of us. 
current situations. But when you say you don't know what's a lie, a lie is a lie. I mean, all these courts have said there, there's a, one of the stuff ballot things he's talking about was in Fulton County, Georgia. No stuff ballots. I was there. I was watching with my own eyes. I mean, none of it's true. And I think a lot of people think he tries to will it to be true. Would you agree with that? Yes. Okay. In that corner right there, that's Noel Licata. He's 18. First election coming up. He's currently undeclared, but leaning Republican. What do you feel about him still talking about 2020 and these things? I don't think anybody wants to hear about 2020 at this point. Everybody wants to hear about 2024, the future, and what comes after that. And he did not talk enough about that tonight. Alyssa Malloy, Alyssa's 37. She's a registered Republican, voted for Trump twice. Mm -hmm. Your feeling about this? I think it's time to move on from the election, the 2020 election. Do his fibs offend you? Um, I think he truly believes it. You do too? I think, yeah, I think that's what he truly believes. I know, I think a lot of his supporters believe it. Not all of them, but there are a lot of people who do believe it. And he tries to you know, go along with that, and I would agree that he wills it to be true. Let me ask 22-year-old Cooper Walsh, who is also undeclared but voted for Trump in 2020, do you think Trump believes that stuff? I definitely do think he believes it. I think he's very passionate about it, um, or else he probably wouldn't still be talking about it, but I think that it's time for him to move on. He needs to talk about what he's going to accomplish in 2024, and I also think the media uh, shouldn't have focused on their huge segment on the 2020 issue. We already know what he thinks about it. I think we should be talking about one of the other issues that the questions had in the audience. But would it be helpful, Karen Olson, who's 56, she's undeclared, not registered Republican or Democrat, but voted for Trump twice. Wouldn't it be good if he would just say, I'm ready to move on. It's 2024. I'm going to stop lying. I'm going to be honest about it and move on. Wouldn't that be helpful? And then the news media wouldn't ask him about it if he would acknowledge it. Um, I'd like him to move on. I would like him to stop talking about it, but it is his opinion. So you have to attach that caveat yeah, lie all the time. It just keeps it going. So it's his opinion, and right. he has a right to have it. All right, just yesterday, a nine-member jury found Donald Trump liable for sexual abuse. And he's continuing to mock Jean Carroll, this woman who was sexually abused, according to this jury. He also says that that was rigged. You know, this not only is a jury of his peers, he's a New Yorker. He may live in Mar-a-Lago right now, that mansion in Palm Beach, Florida, but he was born and raised in Queens, New York, wanted to make it big with his father in Manhattan, did. He's a New Yorker. This was truly a jury of his peers. How does it make you feel that he's still making fun of this woman? I'm going to ask the woman that question. It's uncomfortable. It's definitely uncomfortable. And I, I just don't know how to, what to think anymore. How do you feel about that? Um, it makes me uncomfortable. I haven't followed it um, too closely, um, so I really I agreed. I don't feel like I have a, a strong opinion. And how do you feel? I mean, this this was a jury. These jurors weren't told you have to say this. These, this is our system in the United States of America. This is an amazing system. It's not a perfect system, but it is an amazing system, particularly compared to lots of other countries. They agreed on this, and here he is at this town hall today. I've never met her before, and just in making fun of her. How did that make you feel as a woman? Um, I didn't really care. Why didn't you care? I don't know enough about the case. Um, women can be victims of abuse. Women can also make up stories. I mean, we see it all yeah, the time. I mean, so I don't know. All of these situations where people are coming out 20, 30 years later, I don't listen to it. One more question for you. Yes. Key moments, and then the um, That's It Down was with eight um, 
well, Trump supporters, so to speak. Um, I, I will say I agree that we need to move on because what I get from those eight people is that he is delusional, right? They're not saying it, but that's what I'm getting from what they're saying. He is delusional. He's not going to back down from it. So why the need for the media to harp on it and continue to fuel that fire? There are other things, more pertinent things that need to be addressed. Definitely. But at the end of the day, they're still his supporters. Uh-huh. That's the one thing we can take from this. And you need to play some music now because you done disrupted my whole day <laughs> listening to this crack tackle. Yes, I okay. wanted this to be the last thing. Listen, I agree with Dre. Bad journalism. I agree. I also agree with what Dre said. Asking the previous election question is not going to deter his base at all. But I will say this. Those three women. Hmm. I have questions about you. <laughs> I will say this. Donald Trump could still be the next president. Yeah. So. I, I was just going to say that. I was just going to say that, Donald because he's first of all in the republican party his base would not split he's leading by far not only that the more contenders come up against him and split the field the better for him and once he become the nominee they will all fall behind him in line like a row of ducks and they would march all the way to the white house if they have to that is the modus operandi that's the way the republican work that's what happened, and especially if you're coming up against Joe Biden, because seriously, Joe Biden should just retire. <laughs> All right, folks, thank you so much. Go ahead, one more comment, and then we're gonna yeah. end on a good note. Oh, you want to end on a good note? Yes, right, I'll keep my comment. No, 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 keep, no, get it out. Let's get it out. Let us let let's release it, and then we're gonna feel good afterwards. No, what what this showed me is is what Donnell just said. Um, he has a, a great chance of becoming president again. Mm-hmm. And the Democrats and the Democratic media, obviously, you, you could tell, um, is playing in his favor. Mm-hmm. Asking question about the previous election when no one, not even me, who is not, I'm not a Trump supporter. I don't, I don't care about 2020 because I know he's going to lie. Mm-hmm. I know he's going to stick to his story. We know what he's gonna say. He's not gonna let up. Exactly. So why even? So at this point, you know that his is his is his base don't care, mm-hmm. right? So let's talk about economics. How are the Democrats gonna beat him on economics? Because you cannot beat him with trying to say that he's a liar. We know he's a liar, right? Um, when when they ask the Ukraine question. All the, 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 the ladies is asked about, do you want Ukraine to win? Do you want Ukraine to win? And I think he gave a great answer. I don't care about who win. I just want to stop it. Exactly, Dre. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Great answer, right? They, they, they keep on talking about the, the grab by the whatever. He didn't lie. They let no, he it. didn't. He did not. He The truth is, it, it sounds harsh. It's so harsh. It's so, so harsh. They, 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 they picking on stupid things like 
I wouldn't say it's stupid. I wouldn't say that that is stupid because at the end of the day, there are women like myself who don't take kindly to that, that you're going to use your power and your position to take advantage, right? You're going to prey on someone's weakness. That's not going to bring... That's not going to bring you an election victory. It's minuscule. Those questions you don't need to... He's going to lie. He's going to be straightforward. They need to concentrate on bigger issues. And the question that you ask, after you listen to him and and after you listen to this town hall and how the media look like they're going to go about it, if he run against Biden... Hands down, he's gonna win. He's gonna win. Yeah, On, we don't want to put it in the universe. Right? So they, they they need they they need to reshape everything, and the Democrat then better come good. Because mm-hmm. at this point, his followers is not gonna let up, and these lying things and and all this stuff, it's just not gonna work. They they need to move on from that. He's a liar. All right. While I'm living, thanks I'll be given. I'm a living while I'm living to the Father. I will pray. Only in know how we get through every day. Only I in the price. I'm a leg we have to pay. While our leader. These are the issues we need to address. People are ripping our rob, all our grave. Thief never love is in thief with long bag. No love for the people who are suffering bad. Another toll to the poor, may God help us all. What is to stop the youth from getting out of control? Full of our education, yet no other payroll. The clothes from me back of countless high hole. Good God and done. Never been told I'm a living while I'm living Father, I will pray. Only him know how we get through every day. Only I can the price. I'm a leg we have to pay. While our leaders play, we say who can afford to run will run. But what about those who can't? They will have to stay. Opportunity, a scarce, scarce commodity. In this time, I say, when mama spend her last and send you. The class never you ever play. It's a competitive world for low budget people spending the time while earning a nickel with no regard to who it may tickle. My cup is full to the brim. I could go on and on. The fool has never been told. Do this life, make it I'm a living while I'm living to the Father, I will pray. Only Him know how we get through. Every day with only I in the price. I'm a leg we have to pay while our leaders play. All I see, people are ripping the rob, all are grimy. Thief never love is a thief with long back. No love for the people who are suffering real bad. Another toll to the poor, make God help his soul. What is to stop the youth from the old man? Can liberate the people over hills and valleys too. Don't let them fool you. Don't be 
that they are with you to free the people over hills and valleys too. Don't let them. Gotta give a big thank you to everyone that tuned in online. The Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com. For quality music while you work or play, keep it logged on to www.QMZRadio.com for that good music to get you through your day. To everyone listening on JanoRadio.com, thank you so much. Download the Jano Radio app, J-A-H-K-N-O. It is available in your Apple and Google Play stores. Jano Radio, take us on the go. Brothers and sisters looking out for one Gotta give a big thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse. Stop. After all, this is where the conversation happens. Gotta say thank you for the great conversation, your shared views, varying opinions, and always interesting perspectives. That they are with you. Look forward to being right here with you all tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Eastern. Don't let them fool you. Don't believe for a minute that they are Whatever you do, wherever you go, I do ask that you please be safe. You just behaving like they want you to, yeah. I say arrogance is much different from ignorance. And I know you feel the same way too. Many live this life without having a clue. Wish you all could stay with me. Wish I could stay with you. But you know how it is. To my listeners on the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com and JohnOradio.com, this was a Moments With Me media production. Moments With Me, signing out. Catch you all tomorrow morning. Oh, I will stay with you. To everyone listening across Europe, everyone across the continent, everyone in South America, North America, and throughout the Caribbean, I love you. Thank you. Clubhouse, I'll be right back with you. We'll be alright. I will stay with you.